welcome to the 340th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is the podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout out to Dave McVale and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. I sometimes talk about old comics. I've been uh, recently talking about What If, Marvel's What If from 1976, the original series that started it all. Uh, last week, I did an off my mind about the, the current uh, Spider-Man gang war event that just ended. So it's kind of like thoughts of like, what should happen at the end? What should we get out of this rather than just say it's over and then nothing happens? But if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash heck and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two. That's ko-fi.com slash heck. Okay, what about this week? What's happening this week? The movie feature <laughs> is Dune Part 2. So let's see what I have to say about that. Uh, then um, we're doing the the last two episodes of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Finally, we're finally there. I'm finally done. You may have binged it all the first week. I don't know since they dropped them all at once. So uh, definitely have some things to say about that. And then with Star Wars, the, uh, the Bad Batch. So this week, or, le- or last week, uh, episode four came out, but I didn't mention episode three, which came out the first week. So we got three and four this week, and um, that might be it. I don't know uh, if I'm going to get to Avatar, The Last Airbender. I've kind of heard some mixed things, mixed results from, from you know people's reactions. Uh, I, I'm trying to get a sense of, is that something that listeners want to hear about? Uh, kind of do a recap because my my thing I don't often do Netflix shows because because of the whole drop the entire season at once and then it's you know the hardcore viewers are going to watch them all at once um, maybe casual viewers might watch it here and there so now that we're looking at it's it's a week and a half and you know everything's already out there so if you're really super excited you already watched it and then is there any point in me doing a recap we'll see because uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm at episode two. You know, I I'm, haven't done, I haven't gone past that. So I don't know, you know, I, even if I were to do it, I, I couldn't do much. So I don't know if it's worth it at this point. Maybe I'll talk about episode two this week. We'll see how, where I'm, you know, how things are, are going. Uh, or I don't know if it would make sense to skip a week or next. I don't know. It, we might not do it at all because like I said, I don't know if people want to hear about it. Um, or maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe I just kind of watch it and just give more, you know, just light impressions, which is, is something that's apparently very difficult for me to do. But let's uh, get started with the news. Uh, it seems like it was a little lighter on, on the news this week. Uh, it's, it's weird how it's like hit or miss where some weeks there's just so much news and then other weeks there's not a whole lot. Uh, James Gunn. So there's some Superman, Superman Legacy stuff. Uh, it's just called Superman now. So James Gunn posted an image. This is a close-up shot of the emblem, so you can kind of see, kind of get a sense of like the texture of it. So it almost looks like it's a little more cloth-based like material than the the kind of weird, I don't know, spandex like plasticky web costume. I don't even know how you would describe the other stuff. Uh, so we have that. The nice colors muted, and you know that, that's even with that. It's hard hard to gauge. I'm sure that image, they had tweaked the lighting and the colors, you know, to get it just right. So I'm assuming 
that's pretty close to what we could expect. We still have no idea, shorts or no shorts. You know, that's that's the million dollar question. And uh, he was James Gunn was saying that as he was, you know, he always called it Superman Legacy. But then as he's working through, he's like, it's it's just Superman. You know, that that's he realizes that that's just what it's called. I always thought Superman Legacy was a weird title, especially for a first movie, because to me, you think Superman Legacy, it's like. Are we talking like future? Like, is there going to be like Superman's kid, you know, Jonathan or something? Future generation. So legacy, it, it never seemed like it, it really fit for me. So that that's that's kind of a good thing. Apparently, there is a word that the movie had a three hundred and sixty-four million dollar budget. So someone asked James Gunn about that, like if that was there's any truth to that. He's like, absolutely not. He's like, how would they think that they would even know what our budget is? So he's kind of saying is, you, know, you don't talk about that. They, they don't even, you know, how many people actually know what the budget is? And be with him in charge, it's, they're not advertising it out because there, there's no no reason to, to advertise it. The people involved, the people given the permission, people working on it, people, you know, they, they probably know. But it's just, I, I just, I still, and I'm not, I don't really want to harp on this or whatever, but when people just say this stuff and... I kind of, it's just like human nature. Cause like as a teacher, every once in a while a kid will say something, well, this is what's going to happen next year, whatever. I'm, and I'm just like, I know I should just like, like not say anything, but sometimes like, what are you even talking about? It's like, how do you even know? It's like, that hasn't even been decided yet. And, and it's like, and you're, you're saying all this stuff. Cause basically that, that's how rumors start. And I don't think it's necessarily the intention of starting a rumor. So if someone had the $364 million number in their head. I don't think they're saying, hey, 364, let's just let's use this number and, and spread a rumor with that. Some people might want to do it. See, it's funny to see if it'll spread. But maybe someone heard something or some, they they might think, you know, I, I think I this is true. And then someone else might pick up on it because maybe didn't read carefully, whatever. And then it just goes from there. So I, I feel like sometimes when these rumors get started, the intention is good and you know people are excited and you know everyone wants to be the first one they want to say first and you know they want to be the one to, to claim ownership of something even though credit is rarely given on the internet it's, so when we i mentioned this last week when we see those paparazzi images like that there's not always going to be credit and you know they might be watermarked, but they're probably gonna be cropped, or they're gonna be just overloaded, like watermarks all across the image, and you're barely gonna get a good, you know, sight of a crappy, horrible, grainy image. <laughs> um, Jared Leto, there, there's a, an image was released of him from in Tron, Tron Aries. It looks like cool. You know, there's a lot of red there, which is weird because I don't know when I think Tron, I think blue. You know, it just there's more like so. There, I mean, red is is a, is a Tron color, but that's just looks very menacing. So, what the? I'm I'm excited about that. You know, I I think I mentioned I recently rewatched uh, Tron. Uh, um, the what's the second one? Not like uh, I watched the second Tron <laughs> recently, and man, there's there's so much potential there. You know, we'll, we'll see what what happens. Thomas Hayden Church. Uh, apparently he kind of hinted again he's he's said this more than once about the possibility of him reprising the sandman playing sandman again and and he he was like well there's kind of rumors of you know toby mcguire and sam raimi you know doing another spider-man movie and he's like i would do it in a heartbeat or you know if they would call me i, w I would definitely do it and 
but nothing is is confirmed. It would make sense if if Sony is looking to do more Spider-Man-ish related adjacent whatever movies. And if they're looking at, I mean, they got to look at, yeah, I don't, I personally don't think Madam Web is as horrible as people make it out to be. I think there was potential there. It, it, they dropped the ball in some areas. I think the cast had some good chemistry together. Uh, it was just a lot of missed opportunities, it seemed like. But the, the fact of the matter, when you break it down to the, the you know, the main point, why the heck are they doing a movie on and Madam Web? It's like of all people, her really. The, and you know, people may have they might remember her from the Spider-Man cartoon from the the nineties, but I'm like what? And the same thing is like Morbius. Like of all, I could see if we can do like a Mysterio. I mean, aside from the characters we've already seen, but. You know, you think if you're going to do a Spider-Man, even see, I don't even know if like you can't really do Scorpion. I'm trying to think who else in there because you know Green Goblin is too obvious. I mean, do a Hobgoblin movie. You know, do something, but Morbius and then Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter has a little more more ground. You know, he's a little more. But even that, a Craven the Hunter movie without Spider-Man, it's like what? So I think if if you want to do another Spider-Man related movie and, and you know you can't get Tom Holland or the regular MCU. You know, connection there. Do a Tobey Maguire movie. Do a, a Andrew Garfield movie. You know, obviously with the after the last one, people want that. You know, and and having an older version of Spider Man. I mean, look at how Ultimate Spider Man. I'm assuming people are, are loving that. I'm loving that comic series, the Jonathan Hickman series. Uh, so just like, yeah, let's see an older Spider Man because that's something that hasn't been done, and that's what's making the comics so cool. <sighs> worked up over that. Ghostbusters. So they're saying that the sequels are, are kind of already mapped out. They, you know, they have ideas what they want to do, and you know, they're talking about how much they, they love the franchise and everything like that. It just really depends on uh, us if we go out and watch the movie and uh, make it a success. If it's not financially successful, they're not going to make more movie. But if it does well, then they're like, yeah, let's do more. So we'll have to see. Um, I'm, I've mentioned before a few weeks ago, I'm so friggin' tired of that chat trailer. That same trailer, I see it like every single week, and I hate the, I hate those two scenes, uh, the, the death scene where it's like it's cool, oh it's so cool, it's, people are freezing to death or they're dying, and the ho 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 at the end. <laughs> God. Uh, Dave Batista. So Dave Batista is you know recently he's like I'm done with Marvel or whatever, but now he's like no, <laughs> no. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not done with Marvel. I, I would come back to. I would love to do something more with with Marvel. You know, I talked to Kevin Feige, and I think he said someone else. Like they know that. He just said that he's he's done with Drax. His journey with Drax is over, and you know, he he's open to playing another role because he likes Marvel. You know, he says he's a fan. You know, he'd love to do it, but he wants something that's kind of bigger, a little little deeper, deeper role. And you know, Drax was fine, but he was he was pretty one dimensional. You know, he he was great and. Uh, you know, he had some funny moments and all that, but there wasn't a whole lot to him. So he wants something a little more. And, you know, he even said, like, you know, maybe something like an ominous villain or something. So we'll, we'll have to see. if And the way you can do makeup and CG, it's it's so possible that, you know, you could make him look different enough. And even if he kind of looks similar, it doesn't matter. So they could definitely do it. And then our last bit of news for the week. 
Because like I said, I mean, there may be more. I feel, I feel like there's something else. But uh, we're just going to end with this. The Crow. The Crow reboot. Bill Skarsgård. An image was released. Oh, my God. It makes me... It's like, I when I saw that, I'm like, what the heck is this? What is going on? And, of course, the media, you know, easy reactions. Is this Jared Leto Joker? What is going on? Bill Skarsgård is an amazing actor. I just don't know what the heck they're thinking. So he's, you know, he's got this weird, and I shouldn't say weird, uh, you know, he's got this like kind of buzz. Is it a fade? Is that what they call it? It's like shaved on the side. There's a little bit on top, but it's kind of messy or whatever. And uh, he's got all these tattoos and, and he's crazy, you know, six pack, 12 pack, nine pack, whatever, something going on there. And, but just like all these tattoos. And it's like, that is not the crow. <laughs> I just don't know. And so anyways, uh, Alex Proyas, the director of the, the original Crow movie, he had some things to say. I think it was on Facebook or something like that. He's like, Eric Draven's having a bad hair day. Next reboot, thanks. And then I guess in the comments, he's like, I guess he's supposed to be a bad mofo with all those tats and werewolves and skulls on his jacket. And then he also said, well, at least <laughs> the stills gave me a good laugh. He's like, I thought they were going to take a dump over Brandon Lee's legacy for a moment. And I'm not sure what about that. I almost feel like it is an insult, but maybe it's like it's showing that, like, yeah, Brandon Lee was amazing. Oh, my God. Watched the original Crow movie. I mean, it's so good. This, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scared to watch this. I'm kind of sad that I'm going to have to watch this. Oh, but that that's gonna be the news for the week. All right, uh, with com- this has been another weird week where I don't know where my time went because I always feel like I'm I'm keeping up with things and I'm, I'm watching because you know I had you know, two episodes of Mr. Mr. Smith and the bad bad you know, I'm watching this but it's like somewhere my time just so I I didn't read everything that I should have with comics so I, I I apologize I'm gonna be full. and you know I didn't even get to Avatar you know I didn't I was I was like man I can watch like two or th- two episodes or three didn't even happen so at Image uh, I realized there's stuff that I, I haven't read um, Deep Cuts issue five I've, I I and it's it's kind of silly because I I didn't read the second issue when it first came out and then when the third issue was I was like oh, I didn't read the second I should read but they're all my understandings are all self-contained they're all different time periods it's by Kyle Higgins, and uh, you know it, it's all about different stories. I, I like the first story, the first issue that I, that I read, so I'm, I'm sure these are all good. And then I, I always I see, you know, Duke number three. For some reason, with the, the Skybound comics, I, I I tend to miss them. When, and I, I, oh yeah, I don't I don't know. So Duke number three came out. I need to read that. I I can try to remember to talk about it next week. Edenwood issue five. It feels like four just came out. I feel like I just read this. So this is a Tony Daniel comic, and I'm really digging this because it's it's a it's it's interesting. Just the, the elements added to it. See, I, I'm just, so I'm looking flipping through this. It's like I feel like I just read it, but it, it's it's just I. I almost feel overwhelmed when I read this. I feel like there's just like so much going on, but it's, it's um, it it does feel very ambitious, and I don't don't mean that in a belittling or insulting way because this just it seems just really cool, cool. And then uh, you know the, the colors are really good, and 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 uh, Tony Daniels' art is just you know amazing. So you should be reading that. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, Monstrous is at 49. Man, I am so behind on that. That's that's another amazing series. Newborn, I think the last one, this, this happens to me. So, yeah, 12 is the last issue I read. I was, or I was like I was like halfway through it and then I didn't finish it. So now we're at 15 and now I feel like I'm just like forever behind. Phantom Road number nine came out. I, I didn't read that. And then this is the other. So with Brady and Black, because Brady and Black 28 came out and 28.5. So Kyle Higgins is doing like a pretty pretty brilliant thing here with uh, Brady and Black is where we had kind of like like dual timelines going on so it's like we have double issues so two different versions like an a version and a b version so why i say it's brilliant because it's, it's it's saying that you have to read you have to buy two two copies now they are different the first time they when they split there are some scenes that were were almost identical but they were drawn by different artists which i think was cool they didn't just like reuse the art but so it's like kind of you know the perspective is a little different and then it kind of veered off some things were, were a little different and all that and then it, it's kind of changed from there because it's something really drastic changed or happened in, in one of the the timelines so we we have those uh room service one shot i, I did read this this is I, I think it's an issue zero right yeah room service issue zero uh, this is, it's James Tynan. Uh, he, he, he wrote this. Elsa Char, Chartier does the art. Nick Filardi does the colors. And then Aditya Bidikar does the letters. This is kind of disturbing in a way. I, I, and I, I don't really know what to make out of this. So I, I, I'm intrigued with where this is going. But we, we see this, uh, this dude. He's having a little rendezvous with another guy. And oh, oh no, and don't let that offend you. Um, so that's just that's just the element. It doesn't even matter. It's so insignificant. It's just this guy with, with a, a partner or whatever. They're like in a, a big hotel room or somewhere. And um, things are kind of talking. Or you know, they're kind of talking like after whatever, and the 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 kind of the rich dark dude, then dark by by dark I mean like kind of dark brooding, you know, because he's kind of a little secretive, and he he kind of says that oh you know I, I gotta tell you something, and he's like can I trust you, and then the the dude you know he's like yeah of course you can, so then he's like but can I really trust you, and he because he wants to tell him like what he does or what he did or something like that, and then. Once uh, it, it kind of freaks the guy out and he goes running to like his brother because his brother's like a journalist or he was like a writer and, and like that. So the room service has to do with part of the connection with what this guy did and what is involved with and what this means. And uh, um, things kind of get get messy. And it's just like it, it's almost like there's like a, a whole bigger picture because, you know, you don't hear right away what happens but then it comes out as the story is being retold and everything like that so it's just it's very intriguing and i'm really curious where this is going to go because you know uh when i i look at the the one uh email thing that I, from image that I, where i'm getting this up it's listing it as a one shot but it's also an issue zero so i, I can't remember if there i think it said that there's something coming next i, I feel like there is going to be an issue one so I don't know, but you should uh, definitely check that out. That's I, I found it really interesting, and you know James Tynan is just just brilliant. Um, then there is also World Tree Thirty Three, number eight from James Tynan, and uh, this is just a kind of scary. You know, there's these high school kids. They discovered this undernet, this like secret internet thing, but there's like some evil dark energy or forces and stuff there. And now, you know, years have gone by and, and this evil, you know, they, they basically what they did in the past is they kind of shut it all down, locked it away. And it was just like really, you know, 
really bad stuff. And uh, now, like, the, that darkness is kind of getting out, and it's causing, like, all these deaths and, and everything. And uh, so it's like, where where is things going to go from there? And it's just kind of escalating. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And uh, so that's another one you, you should be checking out. At Marvel, we had a... Amazing Spider-Man 44, Gang War. And uh, so, like I, I mentioned, uh, last week's Patreon bonus podcast kind of recaps a Gang War. When I was talking about comics last week, if you listened, uh, there I was just kind of getting, not necessarily worked up, but kind of getting really into the idea of, you know, because we had this... Uh, the, the anti-superhero law where, you know, you, you can't be a hero, which is just anti-vigilante law, whatever you want to call it. It just seems silly. And then just with all the, all the gang stuff, and it's it just it seems crazy in a way, like all this, you know, fighting over territory and, you know, the fact that they can do that. And it's like the police, no one can do anything about it. And then they, so all these heroes are, are getting together trying to stop them. And, and you know, the, the all these bad guys are just like taking to the streets, like just straight up fighting each other, like not a care in the world. And so it's like, where are all the heroes? So Spider-Man, you know, really was, you know, getting things together and trying to lead the fight against them. So, you know, part of the, one of the things I was, I was saying in, in the, the bonus podcast is that, there's a lot, you know, Spider-Man deserves a lot of things for what he did. You know, he, he really put himself out there and, and really organized stuff. And so here we find out like, well, what's, what's the outcome of the gang war and, you know, who's, who's going to seek the power or have the power and, and, and stuff. And what about like certain characters are, are you know, are they going to live or die and everything like that? So it's, it was a satisfying conclusion. You know, I wasn't super crazy about the concept in the beginning. I'm like, okay, this is a little silly, but but yeah, it, it was it was it was fine. Then there's a uh, Avengers Twilight book three. So this is a Chip Zdarsky Daniel Acuna uh, series, and um, you know, so this is taking place in the future. Things are really horrible. This is another thing where heroes have been outlawed. Captain America decides to that he kind of gets recruited to come back out of retirement and by Luke Cage and you know his freedom fighters, and and then we have like Tony Stark's kid who's basically just he's pretty evil scummy guy and you know he he had tony stark's like head like frozen or like whatever and you know he's using some of his ideas but now he's trying to claim you know he's a genius in his own right and all this and so captain america steve is you know trying to fight them but if you see on the cover there's ms marvel because steve had tried going to kamala he's like hey you know i don't mean to intrude and everything but we and she's like dude i, I can't you know can't do that or whatever so this this I I'm, I'm digging this series, Cable issue two, um, this this is fine. Uh, I I do really like the fact that we have Cable and Young Cable teaming up. I th- I think that's a, a, like a brilliant move. It it just seems so so weird. Uh, another weird thing is we have Cable going up against Gray Gargoyle of all people. Gray Gar- Gargoyle has never been one of my favorite villains. I always thought he was he was pretty lame. I was like, you know, he's a guy that can turn people to stone. Uh, what's interesting here is you you see like the the fact that he's he's actually a smart guy. He's like the scientist dude, and you know he's doing some stuff. And Cable, you know, becomes aware of it, has to stop what he's doing because it actually could have like really bad consequences in the future. Uh, but the the main issue I have with this is the fact that it, it's still kind of tied to the fall of the House of X stuff, you know, the, the post uh, Krakoa and everything. 
because you know i i'm all for it. i'd love to see like a, a cable series but it's just because it's so kind of tied to that it, i feel like it kind of limits like what's going on um and then looking at that cover you know it's, it's a cool cover and all but my goodness that is such a massive arm that the cable has it's like oh goodness oh look at this we had an issue uh, we have carnage number four and anti-venoms on the cover and he's shooting Carnage. I should have read that. I can't read that. Dead X-Men issue two. This is, I, I find this an interesting series because, you know, I'm, I'm so ready for all this X-Men fall of Krakoa House of X or whatever to be over with. But here, the, the main problem is they're trying to track down Moira because, you know, Moira's mutant powers that, that came out is when she dies, like the timeline is, is like restarted. Or, and you know she's gone through a few lives and and she's kind of she retains the knowledge of what happened so that's kind of making her dangerous because you know she knows a lot and she's taking it with her to the next life or whatever so they're trying to see how they can stop her and where they could you know try to find her in a timeline at the right point and stuff like that we have this group of x-men that are kind of you know going through and, and you know trying to gather some information and uh things kind of get twisted a little bit and uh yeah so it's it's a uh, some some interesting things happening here uh then there was uh there's a giant size fantastic four um i don't it, it, was this issue 50 no giant size 50 what's a 50th 50th year is it maybe i don't know uh this was written by fabian nichesia and uh Kreese lee is doing the art my my main thing is it was sort of Namor ish related, you know. There's a, even though Namor's locked up in a prison from Avengers, a recent story, but there's this other water dude from. And I'm just like, I really don't care about any Atlantean stuff. No offense to any any Atlanteans out there, but it just it just didn't really. I was like. Ugh. So it was a fine adventure and all that. There's a, there's a couple moments that I that I liked, but we have Stingray <laughs> of all people. So it's it's always kind of neat when we see Stingray. Like I I sometimes I forget that he even exists. I forget that he existed, and uh, you know it's just the Avenger. The fact that he had this Avenger Stingray that it's like he doesn't even really have powers or anything. So yeah, I wasn't super crazy. And then there's just like a reprint story. You know, uh, Stanley Jack Kirby. Uh, I think it's what Fantasy Four Thirty Three, so it's like it's not even really a giant sized issue. It's just like a, a long story and then with a reprint. So it's like okay, Immortal Thor. We're at issue seven. I'm not reading that. Someone tell me if I should be reading that. Uh, then we have Invincible Iron Man Fifteen. This is another um, series. That I'm kind of str I'm starting to struggle with this. I, I I've been enjoying it for the you know for the most part and you know it's Jerry Duggan doing the writing and I I, I love his his writing. Uh, Creasley's doing the, the pencils here. Wald and Wong does the the inks, but I feel like this is really kind of starting to drag on a bit. And part of the problem is you know while Jerry Duggan is is a brilliant writer and you know, he does a lot of cool stuff, I'm, I I imagine that he's kind of limited as to how. That the pacing of his story, that he's probably like, okay, or they're, they're the X Men editor, or whatever, is like, okay, in, at this month, Tony should be here. This month, it should be here. So he's he's limited as, as to like some of the pieces that he has to line up. 
and then he has to kind of fill in in the blanks with with the other stuff like maybe this is something he could do in three issues but he has to drag it out to five issues because of other stuff going on so i just feel like that that's really affecting his storytelling ability and i could be totally wrong with this you know maybe there's there's a lot more cohesion with it i don't know but i just feel like that just this orcas stuff it's just it's going on forever and you know we do see what tony's plan was where this is going when you know stuff that riri williams was was doing with, and with forge and all that and it's like okay well this could kind of be cool but now we gotta wait till the next issue to see that so it's just it's I feel like it's taking forever miles morales spider-man 17 this is picking up after gang war uh <laughs> The main thing is, so we still have this rabble, this, this villain that she's so angry because she didn't get into the school lottery and uh, Miles got the, the last spot, so she's mad. So now this she's like completely evil. It's like, okay. And uh, there's this other character, which I, I don't want to spoil too well. Okay, so there, there, there's this, the ladies in charge of like the Cape Killer program that's going after. She's been on Miles's case for the longest time. You know, she's stopping the heroes, the vigilantes out there, but she seems so fixated on Miles. It's like how many other heroes? He's not the only hero out there. And then the fact that it's like people are committing crimes, but you're in this group that is is specifically focusing on stopping costume heroes because they're illegal, even though they're saving lives. It's like, why not focus on costume villains or any villains or street villains or people robbing, looting stores and running through the streets with carrying TVs or whatever, but you're focused on Miles Morales, which is just so redundant, so tired. Anyway, so Luke has a talk with her, and, and she, she, <laughs> she kind of doesn't like the outcome of the conversation, so she's going to kind of go off on her and I'm like you are so ridiculous and it's like where is this even coming from it just it feels so out of character uh so if you read it you know what I'm talking about uh, well I'm sure we'll talk about it next month in the next issue more but it's just silly Punisher issue four uh this is weird because like who is Jigsaw I was like we know who Jigsaw is apparently it's not the same Jigsaw I thought it was just Jigsaw with like a different kind of look because like sort of like a helmet type thing i was like okay so he's he's upgrading and i was like that's weird to, uh i don't even remember like last time we saw jigsaw he's even alive if frank castle ever killed him or whatever so i was like oh that's weird so old time punisher villain now he's back because there's a different punisher and all that but apparently this is a different jigsaw there's actually like an organization called jigsaw which was kind of i was like oh that that's interesting you know what are you going to do and we're so uh, we, we have more of that. And there's, there's also some like kind of closure discussion with uh, our new Punisher and like the police officers who were kind of investigating and all that. And, you know, because one officer died, was killed. And uh, um, so, yeah, I thought there's some interesting things. And it turns out this is the last issue. So nowhere on this cover does it say it's a four-issue miniseries. It's like I remember in the old days they actually told you that. But then the last at the part of the last page is like the beginning you know, so it's like we could see more, and I guess it probably depends on what people say, if people, you know how the sales are. But for now, it's over. So we'll see if he pops up again. Resurrection of Magneto issue two. Uh, man, I I really want to read this issue because I, I like Magneto, and I'm really curious to see you know what 
I, I don't, the fact that he's dead is weird. And it's like, are they going to bring him back? I started reading it, but I just, I couldn't get into it. And part of it is, you know, and it has Storm and I like Storm, but just the whole X-Men Red, it's like, I, I stopped reading that series because all this stuff with the Mars or, or Rocco or whatever that they're calling it, I just couldn't get into it. And there's, a you know, some of those elements here. And I just want to know how is he coming back and when? And I, I just, yeah, I'm having a hard time with this. Spider-Punk issue one. Uh, I was, I was a little, a little. I was like, "How's this going to be?" You know, Spider Punk is like super cool now after Across the Spider Verse. So of course it makes sense. Like, yeah, we definitely need a Spider Punk series because that was just so amazing. But reading this, it's just like, oh, it's, it's just, it's like regular. Which I'm kind of glad in a way because I, I was a little worried. Is like they're gonna. Even though Spider-Punk in the movie was a little different, you know, there's some similarities and all that, but Spider-Punk across the universe, he was, like, so cool, like, so mellow. I mean, he was just so slick. So I was like, are they going to try to tweak it and make comic Spider-Punk more like that? They don't, at least from what, what I read here. So this feels like it's picking up the, the last recent Spider-Punk series we had, which I wasn't super crazy about that. Um, so I, I tried reading this and it was just like, hmm, okay. Uh, Star Wars Thrawn Alliance. I didn't read that. I, I never, I, I started reading the, f the first issue because I, I missed it when it f uh, first came out the day of. So I was like trying to read it and it, yeah, I didn't really get into it. So we'll see. And part of the, the problem is while, I, you know, Admiral Thrawn is a cool villain and all that i just i don't like him because he's not a nice guy so it makes it hard to like oh you want to read this what if venom this is so weird because you look at the cover you see venom you see the loki helmet dr strange cloak um wolverine claws green leg i was like who's is that loki's leg is like whose tights are those or whatever and then uh, now i'm just noticing I, i'm assuming that's like a moon knight crescent glowing crescent <laughs> and it turns out uh, but the my first thought was like, oh, must be Loki. Because you see those, even though Doctor Strange's cloak is there. Oh, and there's even some like Venom symbiote. My first thought was like, is, is this Loki being Venom? No. It is uh, what if Venom had bonded to She-Hulk? <laughs> so one of the weird thing is She-Hulk's working at like a law firm. And, and she's like working in a cubicle practically and she kind of like treated like garbage and everything. It's like, this is friggin' She-Hulk. She's like She-Hulk sitting at her little desk and like, here's a stack of briefs for you to look at, darling. It was just kind of weird. And then uh, she ends up with the Venom. I won't say how or whatever. That, the how one, it's like, okay, I, that's fine. But it's just, yeah. And then, then it just kind of ended and it's like, wait, now you're hinting at something else? What, what? What's this have to do with anything? So I, I don't know. I, I did not love that, I have to say. Um, White Widow, issue four. I'm not super crazy about this series. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to to like it, but I, I think my, my big problem is the fact that she's kind of working, or she's kind of made these friends with these other people, and they're like, like who are these people? And uh, so I don't know. Yeah, and... Uh, We'll have to see where it goes because uh, I, I feel like this was like the last issue, but it kind of made it feel like, like, oh, there could be more, but I don't know. And uh, yeah, I just don't know. Um, Wolverine 44, this is more saber tooth stuff. 
I, I'm trying to read this, and I just, I just cannot. I just, I can't with with Sabretooth. You know, it's Sabretooth and Carnage. I just, I just can't stand them, and so it's just, I, yeah, I want nothing to do with it. And it's just to the point where it's like, I, I don't even care. It, it's one thing if you're going to have Sabretooth pop in here and there, but doing a whole Sabretooth war, it's like, no. Um, oh, then there's a Woman of Marvel, which uh, I didn't read that. So there's like four, five, six, seven stories in it. So I didn't read that. Okay, at DC Comics, there wasn't really a whole lot this week, which is kind of weird. But even so, <laughs> of course... I didn't read everything. Uh, the Flash number six came out, and I, I was about to read this because uh, I just I didn't I haven't been loving the series, which is weird because I do love Wally West, but it's just it's been kind of weird, and I just don't really. I, I mean, I will read it. It's just I don't really know where the story is going, and I kind of don't care at, at this point. It, I thought it was going to be cool with Wally working with, you know, Mr. Terrific's company and whatever they're doing and stuff like that. But it's just, I don't know, and this weird speed force, whatever stuff. It's just, it's it's not not working for me. So I don't know, I, I'll, I will read this and, and see what's going on. Try to. Green Arrow number nine. I am enjoying this. It's weird how this series is compared to the beginning. It's almost like it's a completely different series. Because it started off with with Ollie trying to find his lost family and going through time, and, and there's just a lot of weird stuff happening there. But now that he's back, he's trying to figure out where Roy is, and then it's like, wait, what? Roy's working with Amanda Waller, which is crazy. So you know, Ollie's looking for her, and he's like, you know, she must have put a bomb in his brain, or you know, somehow she's tricking him. And because Amanda Waller sucks, like after the whole beast whatever beast boy animal all that stuff i don't really understand how it happened and maybe because i didn't read every single issue but somehow amanda waller has possession of the hall of justice and i just it's it's i do not understand how she's able to operate and and even like sometimes when she was like going to order a strike uh, attack against all the people who have been turned into animals because you know she's like this is the only way to save the world or whatever and it was like two million people were going to get killed but then the titans came and reversed everything and they're like dude we just saved two million people that she was about to kill and even the president was just like he had nothing to say about it he had no control over it so how does she have so much power that she works separately from the president and now for whatever reason, she gained control of the Hall of Justice, and they're moving stuff around to some secret location. And she's like, I, "I don't. How could they be allowed to have these like weapons of mass destruction just sitting around in trophy cases?" And so, but it's okay for her to have possession of them. Like, what makes her better? Because she kind of works for the government, but she really does her own thing. I just, I, I don't understand. And then, so basically. Uh, Oh, and the other thing, uh, which I'll get to something in just a second, is, you know, she has Peacemaker working for her. Peacemaker and Peace, I forget what, what his, the, the, the female version is, and I, Green Arrow actually laughs at, at it. Peace Wrecker? Peace something? But I don't understand the whole Peacemaker thing, and it, same thing in Amazon Attacks, which came, number five, it was out this week. I don't know, since I, I'm not really familiar with the character before the the show, the, the John Cena show, the James Gunn show, 
I, I'm assuming the character's been changed. And I feel like the comic character's now more like John Cena's character. And I don't know if that was the case before. So as I'm looking at this, I was like, I really don't know what version we have here. If this is not, this is the version that we have, great. But it, it, I just wonder, I can't help but think, well, what was he like before? So he's working with Fermanda and, you know, whatever. But Ollie decides to break into the Hall of Justice. I think they renamed it even. And, you know, he thanks you know he applauds batman's idea of having a way to break in that only you know very few people would know and you know he's utilizing it so he sneaks in and everything like that he end up, does end up getting caught and gets in a fight but he he's like fine you know take me to amanda and what it comes down to is she you can see on the cover they're shaking hands so she wants him to they she wants to work together they're like we want the same thing and you're the only one you know with the right mindset to whatever and maybe it's because you know he doesn't have superpowers so she feels like she can trust him a little more you know, she has less reason to fear him, but it's just, and, you know, she talks about, like, she was on Earth 3, you know, another Earth, and she saw how, you know, basically everyone with powers took over everything and just, you know, obliter you know, ma whatever, massacred the planet and just twisted it, and she's like, they say it's because everyone was flipped around, you know, all the heroes were villains and so forth, and she's like, I don't see any difference here, which is a load of crap, so we'll see and she's like you know work with me and you know I'll, I'll tell you all the secrets and, oh so in order to work for her she she wants him to steal she wants secrets and there's like one massive thing of secrets it's this is like total spoiler and i'll just say it has something it has something to do with, with tom king so you can maybe put two and two together we'll talk about it with the next issue jay garrick the flash issue five this is a this has been kind of fun series. You know, I, I really like the the fact that Jay Garrick's daughter is is back now exists. You know, because she was t taken from time. No one remembered that. You know, knew she was alive. Now she's back, and you know, even though she's young, so it's just kind of fun. I don't really know about somebody's character, like this elemental doctor, whatever his name is, and you know, he's got his bad ideas and and stuff like that. But it's it's just it's a lot of fun just to see them together. Um, so I didn't read Detective Comics. I didn't read Batman Brave and the Bold. Uh, Power Girl number six. I, you know, I, I, I loved the idea of Power Girl and Supergirl like teaming up and, you know, getting along and everything. But it, it just, it does seem kind of weird the way they're portrayed here. It's like they're almost their personas don't feel right. Because when we look at Power Girl here, and it, because we just saw Power Girl in that, what was that, that Mark Russell book uh with the heroes with red tornado i'm totally drawing a blank but it was hilarious and you know power girl was there and you know power girl's always been very assertive and very you know she knew her she was confident but here she's like questioning everything and it just it seems so weird and and then even supergirl who is you know supposed to be younger and I don't know if, I don't think they're the same age. Maybe, I can't even keep track of it. I always felt like Power Girl was older than Supergirl, even though they're kind of the same character, different whatever realities, which I don't really get all that. But it, it feels like Supergirl is more on it than Power Girl, but Power Girl's always been like exuding like confidence and just not really an ego, but you know she's just been so sure of everything. And now it's just, what happened? 
But we, we get this adventure, and it starts off, and then I don't know, if, I didn't really look look back at the credits, but I feel like the art suddenly shifted, because then it's it's like it almost gets a little more cartoony, and there's this like other dimension involved, and maybe that has something to do with it. So I'm not really sure. But a Penguin, number seven, I didn't realize that was still going. I thought that was going to be like a five issue. I, I'm not reading that. And then Amazon Attacks, I mentioned. I haven't been reading all of these uh, so I, I just read, read this to try to pick up what's going on with Wonder Woman. And it's it's just, it's ridiculous. I, I hate this whole world against the Amazons. And, you know, you, you got, and I, I know that's the point of it, but there's like news reports of how there's such a danger and blah, blah, blah. And you have to watch out and be, be, be prepared. And and then, of course, you got Peacemaker trying to fight them. And it's just, it's it's all ridiculous. And I don't even know what's going on. I, I read, I was I was confused. So that's pretty much it at at uh, DC, but I did actually pause, and I went back and and read Duke number three because I really wanted to read Duke. I know there there's other stuff that I didn't read that that I wanted to like Edenwood, but I wanted to keep up with Duke number three because I they always like I say I always forget about the Skybound books. So with Duke three, Duke has basically been captured. And I don't remember if I've talked about two or, or not, and you know and it kind of crosses over with the the transformers the the energon universe whatever you're calling it where duke saw like starscream you know he saw the transformers and he's trying to talk about it but basically there's like this huge government cover-up and you know then he's been on the run they're trying to stop i guess they're trying to stop him from talking which just seems really weird it ends up with him getting captured like him and clutch last issue they got captured by stalker and rock and roll and now they're locked up in the pit in, in a cell. And it turns out the Baroness is in another cell, like in the same area. So it's just crazy that Duke is supposed to be like, you know, the number two G.I. Joe. And, and I don't even think G.I. Joe officially exists here yet. I think this is still all pre. But they have the pit there. They're locked up and Baroness is trying to talk to him. And he knows who the Baroness is. He read her file. So, you know, he like spots off her history, which is nice for us because it lets us know where she's at and everything like that. But she's trying to convince him that, you know, we need, we need to get out of here. And, you're, you know, your government fails you and they're turning on you. And, and he still won't reveal, like, why he's there. Like, the fact that he saw this transformer, it's like, it's classified, but he doesn't want to talk about it. And then uh, they start getting attacked because uh, Dest, I believe it's Destro because it's Mars Industries, whatever he's. So they, they send, he sends major blood after him. And then they, they do like, oh, they, they were able to reverse track some of the stuff that whatever that uh, Duke had in him. And they know that he's at the pit. Now, is it, I, I don't know if I'm missing something, but is it like common knowledge that everyone knows G.I. Joe's, you know, secret base is, is the pit? Because even in the, the Larry Hama, pretty sure, yeah, the, the, the current Larry Hama issue... I think it was last issue, or maybe that like these ninja vipers were like attacking the pit, trying to break. Maybe, no, maybe they went in there. They they just looked at some empty barracks. So maybe they don't know that the pit is underneath, underground. But here, you know, they mentioned the pit, so it feels like they kind of knew about it. And it's like I, that seems weird that this is GI Joe's secret base. I don't feel like, and it's supposed to be hidden, so people aren't supposed to know. They know that there's an army base there, but no one knows it. There's all this stuff underground. So basically what this is leading to, you know, there's going to be all this destruction and havoc and chaos and Duke and Baroness are going to have to take off, which is kind of kind of neat. Um, it's kind of similar to the really bad movie where there were, it seemed like there's like some sort of connection, like hinted. And I don't 
I don't think there was. Now I'm trying to think back in the comic. I'm pretty sure there's nothing in the comics or the cartoon. But I, I'm enjoying this, even though it's weird because we don't have GI Joe. You know, this isn't you. Is there a new GI Joe series, or is it just Cobra and Duke? And then we have the ongoing GI Joe from before. But it's 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 good stuff. So uh, if you haven't, I would I would recommend reading the, these new Transformers and and Duke comic Cobra Commander. It's it's fine. It's just it's a little weird for me. So, but I, I I like I like the fact you know I've mentioned this with the other books how they're just kind of clean slate, taking the characters and the ideas that we know, but adding like a new kind of twist to it, like a new origin. So it kind of kind of makes it fun and exciting. So that is going to be the fun, exciting comics for the week. All right, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So we have two more episodes, the final two episodes. Uh, I have no idea if there's a second season or not. I guess it depends on if you see the way season or episode eight ends. Uh, so episode seven, Infidelity. Okay, so things got, got really intense the last, last couple episodes. So in episode seven, Jane wakes up and looks like she's alone. Doesn't look like her side of the bed has been slept in. And I guess John is back in the guest room. You know, he, he, he's like in a hall playing with his cup and ball thing that he, that he mentioned before. And then the string breaks and he's just standing there looking at it. It's like, dude. Because, you know, that was like his his one thing, whatever. And then um, later, Jane's on her computer. And then something, like, catches her attention. And John's just like, I'm going out. And he, like, heads out. So she saw something. We didn't see what it was at this point. Then we see Jane goes to someone's, like, townhouse. And this lady answers. Her name's Bev. And she's like, you know, she lets her in. She's like, oh, do you, do you want some tea, coffee, or juice? And Jane's like, sure, sounds good. And she's like, uh, which one did you want? So, and, and Jane's, you know, she's like sniffling. She's like fighting a cold or something like that. And so I, as I think she said, tea is, is good. And then she's putting a silencer on a gun. Bev comes out of like the kitchen into like living room with like two cups in her hand. And then Jane tells her to sit. And she's just like sitting there freezing or, or like frozen like that. And I would be like, because, you know, she goes to sit. And then she's, you know, she goes to set down the, the teacup. She's like, no, keep them in your hand. I'd be like, if, if someone's holding a gun on me, all right, what are the chances? They're probably going to shoot you, maybe? You're holding hot tea? Just throw the two hot cups of tea at the person, and hopefully they won't shoot you, or if they try shooting, you know. But she, like, she, she sets, you know, she's, she's holding them. Anyways, then she's like, I'm going to ask some questions. And she's like, how long have you been seeing my husband? So it's like, uh, what? <laughs> what is going on? And then she's like, we're not seeing each other. And she's like, we met a month ago, met at a bar. I invited him here. And Jane's like, what made you want to take him home? And Bev's like, I didn't at first. You know, he was wearing too much cologne, but he was warm and not too forward. And he was funny in a self-aware way. We, you know, we watched a movie. You know, sometimes we drink, smoke, hang out. And then Jane's like, do you, did you guys have sex? And she's like, no, no. And Jane's like, okay, what do you know about John? And Bev's like, that's a vague question. She's like, do you know what he does for work? And she's like, yes. And Jane's like, do you know what John really does for work? And she's like, yes, I do. And she's like, what is that? Bev's like, he's uh, he's a spy. But Jane's like, and you knew about me? And she's like, yes. And Jane's like, great. What has he told you about me? And Bev's like, you work closely together. Um, that you're smart, really smart and pretty that you weren't his type at first, you know, personality-wise. And Jane's like, really? How so? And she's like, um, you can be kind, but you're not 
friendly. You know, sometimes you're nice to your, you're nicer to your cat than you are to people. And Jane's like, okay, what else? At one point, um, Bev spilt the teacups, and then Jane's like, just, just leave it. So she's like, what else? And then Bev's like, uh, he says it's too much, you know, working and living together, and that your lives became very enmeshed very quickly. He reg- regrets introducing you to yoga because he misses doing it alone. He says that you're controlling, and Jane's like, controlling how? She's like, you make him feel like a little boy, like, even in bed. You know, he says that you, you don't let him discover what you like on his own. And Jane's like, is that a good thing, though? But I was like, uh, are you asking my opinion? And she's like, no, I'm asking. She's like, fudge, John. She's like, what does John think? Does he think it's a good thing? But I was like, I think that John would love the chance to figure things out. That's all. So Jane's like, so he's unhappy. And but I was like, he does say that he wonders whether or not you guys are compatible. But he also says that he wants to be with you incompatibly. He says that a lot. And she's like, he does. And, and she's like starting to tear up. And Bev's like, he does. And then, then Jane lets out like a sob. She's like crying. Then she's like, it's so fudging annoying because he thinks, I mean, he'll always say that I'm smarter than him, that he, you know, he plays fudging dumb all the time when he knows better. He just uses an excuse. And, and then she's like, that, you know, that, that's cool of you to say, you know, just to be honest. And then she's like, just to be clear, Bev's like, just to be clear. We're not bonding. You have a gun on me. And Jane's like, I know. And then the doorbell rings. Bev's like, that's John. Uh, you know, what do you want me to do here? Jane's like, well, pick that poop up, the the, the tea, the spilled tea, and I think one broke. And and she's like, if you tell him I'm here, I'll fudge and kill you, okay? And then she goes, like, into the kitchen. So John comes in, you know, he takes off his, you know, he's wearing a shirt, like a t-shirt, takes off his shirt. He's like, oh, it smells good in here. And then he's like, you know, he goes in the kitchen, like, you know, so Jane's like in a pantry or something like that. He's like, you know, you were right about cashews. They, they grow on trees. And Bev's like in the living room and she's a little nervous. She's like, uh, where'd you think they came from? He's like, I don't know. I thought they grew in the ground like peanuts. Then he helps himself to freezer. He's like, oh, you stocked up. Because he takes out like a couple popsicles. And she's like in the living room. And he's like, well, come here. And she like doesn't move. He's like, come on. Then he's like, okay, meet me halfway or whatever. So they go in the living room. Then he asks her, I was like, oh, that top, did you make that? And she's like, no. And then you know, he's like, it looks nice. They sit on the couch. They talk about watching something. He's like, oh, yeah, because you know, I fell asleep. He's like, I didn't get to finish it. And you know, I haven't watched since. And Jane's like listening in the kitchen. And then he like eats his popsicle like really quickly. And he's like, oh, you want, you want to hear a joke? And you know, the, she like comments. She's like, how'd you eat that so fast? He's like, I, I ate it. And she's like, it's, you're like, it's like a sign of a psychopath, you know, eating ice cream, biting an ice cream or whatever. Which I don't think it is. So he, you know, he's like, I'm going to tell you a joke. He's like, where are pencils made? And he's like, Pen- Pennsylvania. Which is not a good joke. It's a popsicle joke. Then he pauses. You know, the, he pauses the movie and he sits up. He looks at her. Because, you know, she had her, like, her legs over, over his. So he like puts her legs on. Then he sits up. He's like, where's my wife? And then she gets up. And then she starts like hitting him. They're like fighting. Jane comes out. And she's confused. And she's got the gun. And John, you know, he, he gets like kicked to the floor. He looks at Jane. He's like, Jane? And, you know, like motioning her to, to shoot. Uh, Jane shoots and it misses and like several times Bev dies over like the there's another sofa and then they're just sitting there and she like shoots she shoots like maybe two or three times through the sofa so then they're standing there they're waiting it's like okay did they they get her and then John's you know he's got his dukes up you know he's, he's ready to fight and then John looks at her and he and he's she's like what 
and then Bev pops up, like behind him, somehow they don't even see this, she wraps some wire thing around his neck, and then Jane tries shooting again, but misses, you know, John gets shoved to the side, Bev and, and Jane are, are fighting, the gun gets knocked out of Jane's hand, the wire thing is like on this little motor thing, and it's it's like, starting to like tighten around his neck and you know he he can't get it get it off so he, he goes in the kitchen he's frantically looking for something to cut it he's like you know spilling things he's in a drawer like trying to find something jane and, and bever fighting hand to hand john's like fumbling fumbling and then he's like jane uh and then bev tells her he's like well that was fun and she runs out the door john calls her again she goes to him because he, he found something uh, like you know, they, they, they're, she's like, don't move. Or he's like, he's, he's like digging into his neck. Is there blood? And she finally, you know, she cuts cuts the 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 wire. And then he's just like, he slams his fist on on the floor, you know, a few times. And he curses and he looks at her. He gets up and he walks out and he's like, let's go. He looks at his phone. And he's like, she's headed for Grand Army. And she's like, how do you know that? He's like, because I'm tracking her. So then they're like in a subway. He says that he put a tracker in her back. And, you know, because he pretended to give her a massage. And so he, you know, he put a tracker on her, on her. And so they finally see her. They start heading down these stairs. But then she uh, sees them. So she hops on his train. They run down there, like, trying to push her way through the crowd. They go in start running after her down the, the train. And then, you know, a few cars down. She gets off the train. So, you know, they're looking for her. They get off, and they, they see her. And then, ding, and she jumps back on. The door's shut on them. And, you know, they, they can't get out. So they're, like, cursing. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, I know where she's going. He's like, you know, we can take the next train. He looks at his phone. His phone's dead. And he, like, shows Jane. And she starts yelling. And then he's like, time out. Because <laughs> he's like, let's talk about this later. So she's, uh, she's like, you didn't charge your phone before going out? He's like, you had to charge her last. She's like, no, it's on the bed. And he's like, no, it's not. And she's like, we're going to get our third fail. You know, if, if we get our third fail, it's on you. He's like, we're not going to fail. And she's like, you had a month to kill her. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah. He's like, how did you know that? And he's like, hey, how did you know that? She, then she's like, I figured out your passwords. He like scoffs at her. And he's like, that is so like you. She's like, whatever. He's like, that is such a violation of privacy. How could you do that? And she's like, the op, it was a three-day mission at best. You took a month. He's like, I had a plan. She's like, oh, really? What was the plan? The fudger to death? And he's like, that's really, just really mature. So then they go to his, like, bodega to buy, like, a phone charger. You know, he puts some money down. He's like, can I use your plug to charge it? And the owner or whatever, he's like, it's like no. He's like, I can't let strangers plug it in. You, you could give the store a virus. And he's like, that's not how it works. And he's, like, talking. He's like, why, why would you say this? Has this happened before? Jane sees, like, a, a sign on, on the, the counter. says, like, credit cards down, cash, Venmo only. So she grabs some chips, you know, grabs some stuff, put, you know, puts some stuff on the counter, opens a bag of chips, and then she's like, oh, can I have, have some sushi, a couple sushi? And then the, the owner just, like, walks away from John. And, you know, he takes out a couple sushi, and she's like, oh, can I get some, um, what was it, chala? So, like, that, the bread stuff, and he takes it out. And she like, takes it out, and she, like, kind of licks it, you know, and she opens the, the, the sushi, and, uh, you know, she, she puts, like, uh, soy sauce on there. And John's, like, looking at her. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, you're going to eat right now. And, you know, and she's like, oh, can I have some Band-Aids, too? And then she takes out her credit card and, like, kind of goes to hand it to him. And the guy's like, no credit, cash Venmo only. And she's like, oh, I don't have any cash. And then the owner's like, he's got cash. And then Jane's like, do you have cash? He's like, that was all I had because what he used for the charger. So she's like, it's all he has. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll have to charge a phone to pay you. He's like, he's like, one minute. 
So then, you know, he, he like says to her, you're off to the side a little bit. He's like, I could have done this on my own. He's like, I wish he had let me close the deal by myself. He like grabs a bottle of water and tells her to drink because she's sick. She's like, it's like, no, it's allergies. He's like, it's not allergies. Then he asks, he's like, you know, what's your problem? He's like, you know, we didn't have sex. She's like, so you just gave her a massage, but you didn't have sex. And then this conversation gets like the, the clerk's attention. So they kind of like move away to, you know, the part of the story. But he, you know, he's still listening. He's like, I gave her a massage, but I didn't sleep with her. And she's like, yeah, but you kissed her. He's like, yeah, so what? She's like, oh my God, you just kissed, that's it? He's like, yeah, we kissed. And she's like, and you didn't have sex. He's like, well, we tried twice, but I couldn't, mm -mm. And she's like, why? He's like, I don't know. It's like, I felt guilty probably. And she's like, about what, why? He's like, about you. He's like, I was thinking about you. He's like, I don't understand. Why this is this such a big deal? We're, we're allowed to have sex on missions anyways, right? And she's like, yeah, I know. He's like, I'm sure you've done it. And she's like, yeah, of course. And he's like, how many times? And she's like, twice. He's like, twice. Really? He's like, w w was it good? And she's like, are you seriously asking me if it was good? Then he's like, well, did you have fun? She's like, it's not about being good or bad. It was work. He's like, well, it kind of is. She's like, no, it isn't. It's work. I leave it. I don't take it with me. Then he's like, how is it what I did any different? She's like, it's completely different. It's, oh. She's like, okay, I hate the cologne that you wear. And you know, I asked you to stop wearing a cologne like five months ago you didn't stop wearing it. And then a month ago, when she asked you to stop wearing it, you stopped wearing it. Do you see how that's at all different? He's like, you know I've been doing the mission this long, mostly because of you, right? Because you, you're you always asking, you know, who are we? What are we doing? What's Mr. and Mrs. Smith? She actually knows. She works for a rival company. And Jane's like, oh, really? He's like, and she knew what Mr. and Mrs. Smith was. And she's like, oh, really? He's like, and I was trying to get to it, but you wouldn't let me do it. And she's like, well, what did you learn? Did you learn a bunch? He's like, I didn't learn anything because you came through the fudging door. And they finally, they go check on the phone. John's like, she's in Flatbush. Then she's like, give me the code because if your phone dies, then we're fudged. So he's like, fine. So he gives her his like 10 digit number. And the clerk's like, it's like, oh, and, and the Venmo account. And John's just like, I don't have Venmo. I don't have Venmo. And then Jane's like, she just throws some cash down. <laughs> so they, they, they go, they find uh, the building that she must be in. You know, there's a, a it's a building above, above a store because inside the store, they're like, no, there's no way up. So there's just one door in or out. They'll have to wait till someone else comes, like, comes and goes. Jane says that, you know, she wants to know what happened after. And he's like, after what? He's like, she's like, after you, you tried having sex. He's like, well, I wasn't just going to go over there just to do it. He's like, you know, she has to understand that not everyone is like her. You know, he got involved because that's how he does it. And she's like, thank you. So you admit it, that you, you did have feelings for her. Thanks. He's like, I cared about her. I, I like being around her. Yeah. And Jane's like, you told her everything about me, about us, our jobs. And she was probably going to kill you. He's like, but she didn't. She had lots of opportunities. And Jane's like, you think she liked you? She was playing you. He's like, I don't care. It felt good. She's like, of course it did. She's doing her job. And he's like, well, it's better than doing my job with you when you make me feel like poop all the time. And she's like, oh, you're so fudging selfish. She's like, let's call it what it is. You're having a full-blown emotional affair. And now we're going to get another fail because you had to feel fudging good. And he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, and he's like, she's like, fudge, she's moving. She's looking on her phone. So they go out, they hop in a cab. So finally later, they're off the cab. It's night. They're walking on the street. And then she's like, wait, this is where we had our first mission with, with the sandwich lady. 
And John's like, it's, it's supposed to be here. He, he tries looking inside of like dark building. And she's like, wait, this is weird. Why would she be in here of all places? It's like, doesn't make sense. And he's like, I told her about this place. I told her it was our first mission. Jane's like, so you told her everything. Great, John. Your girlfriend is fudging with us. John, then he sees like this, like a postcard, like stuck to the, the window, the door with like a piece of gum. The tracker is like stuck to on, on the back and it on there is written XO Bev. He like curses Jane, you know, she coughs or whatever. She's like, I don't feel well. And he's, then he's like, I'll make you some soup when I get home. And she's like, the ma the neighbor already made me some. And then, you know, she starts walking. They take a cab back. They're in silence. His phone dings. He gets a news alert. The alert is, Fiona the, the hippo is a big sister again. Big news from the Bronx Zoo. So John reads this. And he kind of chuckles. And she like kind of looks over at him. And she's like, what? He's like, Fiona's going to be a big sister because Bibby had a surprise pregnancy. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, the hippo. And she's like, that's that came up as news? He's like, that's the alert I got. And she chuckles. She's like, why is that your algorithm? And he just shrugs. He's like, I, I like hippos, obviously. At home, he he pulls out like a roasted chicken from the fridge, sees a container like a soup, and he just like tosses it in the trash because he's like, screw the neighbor. He hates that guy. Jane's lying in bed with TV remote. Uh, she's got that movie. It looks like it's the same movie that, that John was watching, but she's like barely watching it. Then um, I don't know if she can hear John in the kitchen because he's FaceTiming with his mom. So we finally see his mom on his phone. And you know she's telling him how, how to make chicken noodle soup because she mentions he's supposed to use chicken feet. That's the most important part. He's like, I thought the most nutritious part was the fat. And she's like, no, it's in the bone. He's like, well, because he, he mentioned he had a bunch of chicken bouillon. He's like, doesn't the bouillon have the chicken feet in it? He's like, I thought that the bouillon was just hundreds of crushed chicken feet put into little cubes. And she like laughs. And she's like, you know, I don't think you ever made me soup. And he's like, if you want me to make you soup, I'll make you soup. I, I didn't think you want my soup. And she's like, with the bouillon, you're right. It's like, I don't think I want it. So, and, but he's got like all these vegetables, he's, you know, he's like, chopping up carrots and there's like onions and just like all the stuff that he's, he's making, he's like making soup from scratch. So then he's like, he's like, oh, the necklace I got you looks nice. And he's like, you looks like, a, you look like a fourth grade teacher, like, like an art teacher. <laughs> and she's like, thank you. Then she's like, how's Jane? He's like, oh, you know, she's good. She's just a little sick. She's, like, she's not drinking enough water. Then mom asks, she's like, do you have any cayenne pepper? She's like, that's good for a cold. So then a little later, he brings up a tray in bed. And then he like sees what she's watching. He he's like, oh now now you want to watch this? And she like mumbles something, whatever. Then he he opens a laptop. You know, you know the chat screens there. He's like, I don't even know what to write. And she's like, just say we failed. He's like, we didn't fail. I failed. It's my mission. I you don't need to be part of this. And she's like, don't act like a saint. Hi hi already knows you didn't complete the mission. They told me. And he's like, hi hi told you that. She's like, yeah, I didn't break into your computer. And he's like, why would they do that? She's like, well, they obviously wanted me to intervene. He's like, no, Hi-Hi told me you were at Bev's. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's how I knew that you were there. Why would they do that? And then he's like, screw it. He starts typing, the, you know, target escape. But she's like, wait. And then I, I almost looked like she was going to type something on the screen, you know, reaching over. But then he finally he hits send. So it's, and then it's like mission incomplete. Three fails. Await instructions. So that's not good. And then he's like, well, that's that. He just closes the laptop. And then she sits up. You know, she eats some soup. She's like, oh, that's good. And, you know, she keeps eating. And he's like, I'm done, Jane. He's like, yeah, I'll leave in the morning. 
So then he like leaves the room, closes the door. Then she's you know she's just sitting there. She picks up the laptop, slams it on the floor, and it like breaks. And then the credits. But then in the middle of the credits, and not really, it's like right after, you know, right at the beginning. Package delivered. Jane answers the door. She opens it. It's a new laptop. That's episode seven. All right. Then with episode eight, a breakup. Oh, um, yeah. So anyways, Jane wakes up. Max is like next to her on the bed. She just brushes her teeth. She goes in the office, goes to the laptop, clicks a message app. And it's like, terminate, take out your Smith. So she shuts the laptop. And she kind of sits there, and she looks at her phone. She goes to get get her bagels. There, she looks at this other couple, and you, you see, like, she kind of like, like, oh, I, I could have had that or whatever. Goes back home. She opens up her bagel, and everything's about to eat. Then she remembers, like, oh, she has to feed Max. He's, like, sitting on, a, like, there's an island in the middle of the kitchen, where there's, like, you know, I think there maybe the stove is on one side or whatever, sink, like that. So Max is up there, the cat. And uh, she opens the cat food. She kind of spills a little, like, cat liquid on the floor and so she bends down to clean it she's like oh that's gonna smell and then there's a whoosh at the counter like right where she was and max kind of jumps back a little bit and then there's three more whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. and there's like like stuff breaking like you see like pieces of the tile ch- chipping someone's shooting at her so she stays down behind the island or stove sink or whatever like that she like reaches up uh kind of you know grabs a knife that's on the counter and then she peeks around a corner and she sees like four bullet holes in the window. And then uh, over like the top of the counter, she sees Max's tail and she whispers, she's at him like, you know, like to watch out, stay out of the way. And then blood drips on her hand. And I was just like, oh no. And then she's like, oh fudge. Oh God, oh God. Oh, oh. <sighs> Max, her cat. And then they even show like the cat just on, 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 a, on an island with a, in a pool of blood. Then it cuts to John walking with his mom, and he's like giving her a hard time because she had some like chocolate in her bag. She's like, "Oh, it's dark chocolate. I'll eat one piece a night, whatever." And and she's like, "Besides, I saw you eat a whole bagel yesterday." He's like, "Oh, that's different because I'm depressed." And so he's staying with her, and she's like, "Oh, you're depressed because you're with me." He's like, "No." He's like, "You're the best part or whatever." And but then she's like, "Son, it's going to be okay. You can do this." She's like, "I know." And she's like, "Have you considered counseling?" He kind of laughs. He's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll think about it." Then uh, they get to her her place, uh, and he like opens her door, and there's like security's like beep front door open. So there's like security system. He almost set, sets foot. He like he's got he's literally has his foot in the air about to step down, but he like stops mid air, and it's like why why is he doing that? He's like looking straight down through the doorway because there's like the stairs are going up like just a little bit off. So straight from the doorway is kind of like this little hallway, and there's like a bathroom like underneath the stairs or whatever. So he's just standing there, and, and you know his mom's behind him. He's like, "Mom," he's like, or he's like, "Did you leave the the seat up?" And she's like, "No." She's like, "I don't even use that bathroom." She's like, "Black toilets are unsanitary because it's a, a black toilet seat. You can see that." She's like, "It must have been you." She's like, "Thought I raised you better." And one of the things, if you remember in the therapy episode, Jane had met you know the therapist like, "Oh, can you say one thing that that you like about John?" Or and, and she said that she loves that he always leaves the, the toilet seat down. So he, you know, she's like, "I you know I I raised you better." He's like, "You did." Then he's like, "How about you go to the the salon and get your nail fixed?" Because she talked about that she you know did something too quick after getting it. And she's like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "Nothing." He's like, "I just." You know, something I want to, want to check out here. And he's like, just don't come back here until I say it's all right, okay? She's like, okay, I'll, I'll see you. 
And so at this point, you know, you're kind of wondering, like, how much does she know? Does she know anything about his life or, or not? You know, what does she think he does? So he sets the bags down. You know, he has a couple, you know, grocery bags or whatever. He sets them down outside the door. He gets down on the floor, and then you look, you see there's a trip wire across. It's, like, super tight because he can't even kind of twings, you know. And he, he looks to the side. It's going to, like, there's a pack of C4 on the side of the doorway, you know, just, just like, around the corner there, like, outside the doorway. So he gets up, he texts Jane. He's like, we need to talk now. And she's like, I'm close by. You know, that's her response. He's like, I figured. So it's like, okay, did he try shooting her and miss? And you know, maybe he ran, but he accidentally hit Max. And then Jane's trying to blow up his mom. He's like, what, what is happening here? So John goes to the Whitney Museum of American Art. He finds Jane. She's staring at this, you know, painting, whatever. He walks up to her and he kind of jokes around because there's like this woman standing there, like in this bedroom. He's like, provocative. He like think it's up to the observer whether or not she's alone, she's alone or just lonely. He's like, I like the colors. And then she's like, fudge you. He's like, I'm sorry. Then she's like, turn and face me. And he's like, why? And she's like, do it. I need to see if there's any remorse. And he's like, whatever you're feeling right now, believe me, I am ten times angrier. And Jane kind of laughs. So here's the thing. Obviously, what we're led to believe at this point, you know, we have no confirmation, but obviously someone tried to kill her, someone tried to kill John, and they think that it's each other trying to kill each other. It could be them, but it it's almost feels like it, you know, it, it's not, like someone else is involved. So it's like, what, what's happening? So um, she kind of laughs, and you know, she's like, or he's like, that's why you dragged me all the way he, you know, out here to tell me to say fudge you. And she's like, you were the cruelest man I ever met. And he kind of laughs softly. He's like, that's because you've never known any other men. And she's like, but I have. And then he's like, what the fudge is that supposed to mean? She's like, I've known men. And he kind of chuckles. He's like, did you bleep our, 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 our neighbor? He's like, be honest. And she's like, I don't want to do this here. Let's go outside. He's like, yeah. So, you know, because she mentioned a hot neighbor. <laughs> so she's, you know, he's like, did you bleep? So they, they're the silence. They take the elevator down. There's all these people. Um, she goes through a revolving door. He goes in, you know, after her. And then psh, the door kind of jams when he tries going through. And then they show us there's a knife at the, the bottom of the door. So she like stuck a knife in the ground and it's, it's jamming the door. So he, he's stuck in there. And then he, he notices that her purse is still there. He like reaches in. There's a bomb in there. So it's like, wait, maybe she did. It, was, it looked different. It wasn't like a C4, but did she put the bomb in the house? So he takes off his jacket and he puts it like over the purse and he's like pushing on the back, you know, trying to get it open. And Jane's just like walking down like the sidewalk now. And then push, there's like an explosion behind her. She kind of like flinches. People start screaming. She slowly turns and she sees like John get out. And he's like starts running after her. So she runs, she goes up these like stairs where then she, she stops and she's like wheezing and she's like, stop, stop. And they're, they're both like panting loudly. And she's like, who am I? And he's like, what? And then she stops panting. She's like, that's you. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cold. So she pulls out a knife and she starts swinging at him. And he's like, you know, duck, ducking and dodging. He's like, you don't want to do this. And he ends up grabbing like like a bottle of water off a trash can or something like that. He hits her with it and then like grabs, you know, grabs her arm and hits her wrist with the bottle, like, you know, knock the knife out of there. She gets behind him, like puts him in a sleeper hole. And you know, there's all these people around here, like sitting at little tables and stuff like that. Finally, a few soccer guys get up and they, they grab her and she's like, get off me. 
and, and you know John's on the ground because you know she was like choking him out and everything. He's like, "It's okay, it's okay. She, you know, she's my wife. It's it's okay." And then she like headbutts a guy you know behind her, and you know, and he calls her a crazy mother trucker. And John gets defensive. He's like, "Don't say that." And you know he kicks that guy. It's like she's just trying to kill you. She tried blowing you up, and now you're defending her. So then they start hitting him. They're they're both fighting these soccer guys. And then John sees a couple like officers coming up. Jane takes off, and then so now you know he's chasing after her again. And they, they come up to this, there's this crowd of people and there's more cops kind of like headed their way. So then John gets up on this on something and then he's like, he's got a gun, run. People start screaming and scattering and everything like that. And the, the cops are trying to find him, but it's all, you know, chaotic and everything like that. Jane tries blending in with the crowd. She goes down some stairs, whatever. John sees her and calls out to her. She starts running again and um, she gets some distance on him. And she gets on the phone and she's like, I just want you to know after I kill you, I'm going to burn all your stuff. And he's like, when we first opened that elevator and you saw me, he's like, what did you think? And she's like, you tell me. He's like, I thought you were the prettiest lonely girl I've ever met. And she's like, why are you telling me this? And he, he replies, because I need to know. Actually, I think they, they, they call each other. They're talking to each other on the phone. Yeah. He's like, because I, I need to know if it was real. I need to know if you felt the same way or if it's all lies. And she's like, I thought uh, you'd be easy to easy enough to manipulate, you know, to get whatever I wanted out of this. He's like, I think you're full of poop, and I think you're just trying to hurt me. And she's like, Well, then I guess I did my job. He's like, All right, then. You know, that's all I need to know. And she's like, Okay. He's like, Okay, bye. And you know, she looks at her phone, but then we can see he's actually across the street from her, <laughs> and she sees him, and he sees her. They both start running again. He's crossing a street, whatever. John is like, starts running. He gets hit by a taxi cab. And Jane, like, hears the impact, like, stops. And, you know, her hands are, like, on her, on her face. And she turns around. He's just, like, lying on the road. And some people, you know, come up to him to see if he's okay, whatever. And she's just, like, staring for a bit. Then she starts running. John slowly starts getting up. He's like, I'm okay. But he just got, freaking got hit. Jane makes it to the house. John's, like, kind of right behind while Jane's inside. The closed caption is like, Denise, which is uh, John's mom, she's like, hello? So she's in a kitchen. She's heating up a kettle. And she asks Jane, because she's like, what are you reaching for? Because you know, she's got a gun behind her back. And she's like, nothing. Then Denise says that. She's like, I adjusted the air conditioner. It's like, you, you guys keep it so cold in here. And she's like, who, who are you? And she's like, I'm Denise, Michael's mother. And she's, uh, Jane's like, Michael, she's like, didn't, um, I think I just need a little time by myself. And she's like, that's okay. I'm not going to be here long. Come, sit. Jane's like, so uh, you're visiting jo Michael from Baltimore? And she's like, no, I live here now. Michael didn't tell you? She's like, yeah, I moved you know, here about two months ago to New York. Nice place. Landlady's a, bit of a, uh, landlady's a bit of a headache, but I don't see her much, so it's okay. And Jane's like, I'm sorry, but did Michael tell you to come over here? And she's like, no, he doesn't even know I'm here. He gave me the emergency key. That's how I got in. I was like, he didn't tell you about that either? And Jane's like, no, no, he didn't. John's outside cursing. Um, then the neighbor, so neighbor is Paul Dano, which I didn't realize that the, the first time they, they showed him. He's like, you know, with his, his dog or whatever. And uh, he's like, hey. And he notices John's a little dingy and stuff like that and like bleeding. And he's like, what happened? John's laughs. He's like, uh, I, I fell off the balcony. And he's like, head first. He's like, yeah, it's nuts. He's like, I should be dead. He kind of chuckles. Neighbor's like, are you okay? 
he's like, uh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, but uh, I lost my keys. He's like, I think they fell down the grate. So I, you know, I can't get back in, but I think I left the back door open. He's like, is it okay if I, he's like, can I cut through yours and just you know, go over it? He's like, sure, but you know, you'll have to walk through the house. He's like, I'll be quick. And you know, he says hi to his dog. Jane says, she's like, I don't know if Michael told you, but we're in the process of splitting up. And Denise, John's mom's like, I know. She's like, I'm not blind. She's like, you think I break into people's houses for fun? And Jane's like, no, sorry. Michael just needs to know that you love him. And she's like, no, sorry. And her mom's like, Michael just needs to know that you love him. He is a kid who was always very attached and he always had to be in my face, always had to be with me. He really needs to feel safe. And once he feels safe, he's you know going to be Michael. But if not, he's going to be whoever it is that you want him to be. So whatever you... You know, so before you call it quits, make sure you know which Michael you're breaking up with. And then Jane's like, what has Michael said about me? So Denise is like, he said nothing but great things about you. It's just that I have a sense about people and you seem cold. Jane's like, I think I, I don't think, or I don't make people feel safe. I think I, I, I push them away and, and, uh, that's that's why I stay away from them. So I think it's good that we're not together. And Denise is like, maybe, but uh, Michael understands complicated people. And Jane's like, there's more at stake here. And her mom's like, oh, are you pregnant? And she's like, no. And her mom's like, well, the stakes aren't that high then. So she gets up to leave. She's like, it's a shame. Looks like you guys have a wonderful life. So John's still next door. And he says, he's like, oh, you know, help him not intruding. And he's, he's like, you know, could I, could I get a towel, you know, so I don't drip all over? And the guy's like, sure, which is weird. He's like, why don't you just go through to the balcony? And so John's like, oh, it's a nice place. You know, from the other room, dude's, the dude's like, no, not as nice as yours. He's like, that tile in the kitchen is amazing. And John's like, huh? He's like, you've been in my house? And the neighbor's like, just like, uh, you know, once or twice. He's like, I lent Jane a book. So then John's like, what else do you know about Jane? He's like, not very much. You know, she's kind of mysterious, you know, just like you. You know, we, we, we talk about you. And John's like, we? He's like, the neighborhood. Then a neighbor's like, oh, the balcony's this way. And John's like, oh, you know, I'm not feeling well. He's like, could I sit for a moment, you know, get some water and so, with some ice? Then he continues looking around while the neighbor's in, in the other room. Neighbor mentions, you know, because John had asked him about his, his your wife home. And so then the neighbor's, you know, he finally answers. He's like, like, oh, no wife's like recently divorced. John asks if he can use the bathroom. And the guy's like, use the one upstairs, not not the one downstairs. But John's already went down the stairs. And then you hear the neighbors like, uh, there isn't one downstairs. But then John sees like some blueprints uh, on the wall, like pictures. And I just like, is that his mom's place or is that his place? I, I, I guess it was his place maybe. And then there's photos like him and Jane like walking into her, her place. And as he's looking at all this, and a neighbor's there suddenly, he's like, you weren't supposed to see this. So it's just like, um, who is this guy? So then John pushes him against the wall, but it wasn't like super like forceful. And he's, he's got his gun out at him. He's like, you know, by his head, he's like, don't move. And he's like, uh, not moving. He's like, who are you? And who do you work for? So the neighbor's like, my name is Harris Materbatch. I'm an agent for Sotheby's. <laughs> and John's like, is Sotheby's some sort of counterintelligence for, and he's like, it's a, is it a CIA division? He's like, what are, are, are you? And then he's like, are you high, high? Are you high, high? And the neighbor's like, I, I have no idea what you're saying. And he, he like clicks the gun. 
He's like, tell me who you work for right now or I will kill you. So neighbor's like, Sotheby's is a real estate agent. It's like, I'm a real estate analyst. They want your house bad. No one understands how you were permitted to build it. There are no records for permits being filed. You combine two historical brownstones into one residence, which is unheard of. You added a garage and a pool, which alone would cost anyone over 25 million if the city would even allow for it. All this on a salary of two software engineers doesn't make sense. The only people capable of anything like this are Russian oligarchs or and Saudi royals. And if we're being honest, neither would have the palate for something as bespoke as your home. It's a jewel. It's my Moby Dick. John's just like staring at him. And he's like, please don't kill me. Because he was like kind of like whispering this like the whole time. And then John's like, you weren't flirting with Jane because you like her. It was about our house. And he's like, do you want me to like her? John puts the gun down. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He kind of walks away. He's like, unbelievable. So then John's like helping himself some of the neighbor's alcohol. He's like, you want some? He's like, uh, sure. He's like, so are you and Jane going through something? And John's like, yeah, you could say that. And the neighbor's like, well, my divorce made me a little crazy. And John's like, yeah, it's um, a little more than that. So the neighbor, like he says, he wants to give him some advice. He's, you know, he says, some, you know, marriage is like a house you built. Sometimes your tastes change, or maybe you never had any to begin with. And he's like, I don't want to be with my ex, but I also don't think it's better alone. And then John's like, I don't like to read. She likes to read. I don't like to read. And the neighbor's like, you don't have to like it. Just, just start reading, man. John nods. And he's like, have you ever read The Prophet? <laughs> And that's when they were talking about when they were on the camping thing. He's like, I could lend you a copy. And John's like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the drink. And he goes out to the balcony, he awkwardly like hops over. It's kind of weird. So he sneaks in. You can hear like the TV's on with his phone. He puts some music on in the bar for some reason. It's like, wouldn't that alert her? He goes by the theater area, the TV part. He like whips out his gun, but she's not there. And then she comes out this other door and it's like starts shooting and, and like shoots the, like the hits the bricks by John. And she's like, you're such a bad liar. He like pops out and like shoots back a few times. She ducks off to the side and there's more shooting back and forth, whatever. And he's like, it's been a long day. And she's like, it's, it's your last. And he's like, all right. He goes upstairs to like the, um, the, the paintings weapon compartment and like the, the living, the office area takes out like a big shotgun um, shoots at her when she comes up and then she like runs in the kitchen Then he's like, babe, he's like pumpkin. And she runs by like the, the island. He shoots a couple more times, like misses. And then he's like, you alive, babe? And she's like, yeah. She like grabs a knife, throws it at him, like sticks in the wall next to his head. Then she pulls out like an Uzi from the stove, like shoots at it several times. Um, he, he slides a shotgun out and you know, he's around the corner and she's like, Hey, you should be careful of her. It's wet. And he's like, you're going to ruin all this expensive art you bought, babe. And she's like, yeah, well, I don't think you're supposed to hit the Italian tile with a shotgun. He found another gun. And he comes out like shooting. Uh, she like hops a counter and like opens up the, the freezer door like to shield herself when he like shoots. He like hops over the table and she somehow completely misses him. I'm like, what's up with that? Then, then she runs up the stairs and he completely misses her. I'm like, are they just bad shots? He runs up after her. And she's like, and there's this like library room and she's like, like looking, you know, at through books for, for something like that. And then, uh, he comes at her, she kicks or he like goes to kick her. She moves, but then she hits him with a book 
And she's like, here's a book you'll never read, a-hole. And more hits are hitting each other. And he's like, Jane, Jane, I need you to... She found a, like a little gun in a fake book. And then he like, grabs her arm as she shoots. He like takes her, her down. And he's trying to pry the gun out of her hand. Elbows her in the, you know, on the ground. He like elbows her in the back. He's like, let, let go. Elbows her again. And she's like, stop telling me what to do. He gets a gun out of her hand and then it kind of slides across the floor. She manages him like flip him over her shoulder. But you can tell he's still in some pain. He, he got hit by, by a cab. And he's like, you're acting crazy. She runs at him, kicks him like square in the chest. And he hits a door that leads into the, the guest room. He like falls to the floor. He's like groaning. You can tell that that one hurt. He's like, he slowly gets up. And then they're, they're, they both like put up their dukes. And she's like, I'm being calm. And she like swings, misses. He flips her back, but then they land on the bed. And she manages to pin him down with her legs. He's like, I need to talk to you. And she's like, you're making this all about you. And he like flips her over, gets up, and then she kicks him down. And then she like falls, you know, so he lands on the floor. She like flies off you know, on the other side of the bed. Then she like swings a... It's, I don't know if it's like like the a big pole to, to start to, to turn the gas in a fireplace or something like that. He's like on the floor. He manages to like roll away and duck out of the way. Then uh, she punches him, like hits him in the crotch, and he like bends down. He like throws her down to the floor as he's like trying to recover. And then she starts like crawling back to the library. She sees the gun on the floor, and he's like, don't, don't do it, don't do it. She gets up and runs. <laughs> for the gun he picks one of his potted plants that he left because she had something like that it's like oh you left some plants in, in your room whatever she he like throws it hits her in the back of the head she's she's down and which is surprising i was like she's gonna get right back up right but no usually people get hit in the head with like a pot and they're they're like totally fine she's actually knocked out so i i thought that was good he he like grabs like a, a cord from a lamp or whatever starts like tying her up then I, I think he takes her in the office room and you know, she's like tied to a chair and, and I think her, her feet were like duct taped too. He goes to this little ice box thing. He takes out a vial and she asks, she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, no, no. He injects her in the leg and then he goes, takes a second one, injects himself in the leg. He cuts a duct tape around her ankles and then ties her wrist. She kind of starts like kind of hitting him. She's like, I hate you. I hate you. And she like sobs and he's like, I hate you too. Now they're both like super woozy and she's like, she's like, what is this doing to me? And he's like, it's making you honest. He's like, you've never been honest ever. So they're all both like, it's like all like woozy and wobbly and everything. And they can barely even stand. And she's like, I have been honest just because you don't understand me. Doesn't make me a liar. He's like, that's BS. That's BS. He's like, you make everyone build a filter around everything you say. So you don't have to. He's like, that's unfair. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like gasping. And she laughs. She's like, everyone around you thinks you're a sweet idiot. She's like, why don't you just be competent? And then he's like, did you even love me? Did you even love me? And she's like, I did. I did. I loved. I did. And she's like, wow. She's like, this feels unreal. He's like, it feels really good. He's like, I'm pretty sure I had a broken finger, but now I feel like I have sex on my hand. And she's like, oh. She's like, it's on my spine. She's like, feels like like hugs are inside. And then she's like, I failed my psych exam for the CAA because I have sociopathic tendencies. And she's like, ah. She's like, I didn't want to tell you that. And he's like, are you a sociopath? And she's like, I have a jar on my table. I put a marble in every time I do something sociopathic. And he's like, uh, how many marbles do you have? And she's like, 78. And she's like, budge. I didn't want to tell you that. Uh. And she's like, do you think I'm a sociopath? And he's like, huh? He's like, I think you're just Japanese in America and a woman. I think you put too much on yourself. 
And she's like, I thought I was white to you. He's like, I just say that to bother you because it, it bothers me. And she's like, well, it, it bothers me. It, you know, it bothers me. And he's like, well, I won't say it anymore. And she's like, you know, when you call me Japanese, it makes me feel closer to my dad. And she's like, I don't like my dad. You judge me for not, not talking to him. He's like, I do. And she's like, I do too, but he doesn't want to know me. You know what that does to a woman? It, it impacts her. Oh. And he's like, I got kicked out of the Marines early. And she's like, oh yeah, why? Is it because you killed someone you weren't supposed to? And he's like, no, and he kind of laughs. He's like, asthma. And she's like, oh, that's not your fault, John. He's like, oh, but I feel like it's my fault. It makes me feel like less a man. And she's like, are you ashamed of your asthma? And he's like, I'm ashamed that it's more anxiety than asthma. So then now at this point, you know, they're on the floor, they've kind of reached each other and they're actually kind of like holding hands, but you know, they're kind of like opposite ways, you know, head, like their heads are toward each other. And, and he's like, why, why didn't you let me love you? And she's like, because I don't need to feel safe to be loved. She's like, I don't do it like you. I, I like when you feel jealous when I talk to a hot neighbor. And he's like, you like my jealousy? And she's like, yeah, I, I was. And then he's like, I was jealous when you slept with those two targets. And she's like, I, I didn't. I didn't sleep with those two targets. I said that to hurt you. He's like, you did. You, you hurt me so bad, so bad. And she's like, it hurt me when you, you want to sleep with Bev. The longing hurt so bad. He's like, it was fake. And she's like, yeah, but the sadness, that's real. And he's like, what makes you the most sad? And Jane's like, my mom's body when she died. He's like, oh. And she, Jane's like, she was in a horrible car crash. We couldn't have an open casket. And she's like, what, what makes you most sad? He's like, that I can't pay my dad back. That I, I can't pay my grandmother back. And Jane's like, how would you pay them back? He's like, give them kids. You know, I like, I want children more than anything. And Jane's like, would you have children with me? even if I'm a sociopath? And John's like, are you exactly the same as you are now, but just a sociopath? And she's like, yeah. He's like, then I do it in a heartbeat. And she's like, ah, she's like, you're making my heart jump. And she's, she's like, her breath's like shaky. And then she's like, he's like, I had a, a shot at you at the stairs. And she's like, I had three clear shots at you at the kitchen, which maybe that explains when, why they totally missed. And then he's like, this serum is, is really something. And they both laugh. And then he's like, I love how you laugh at yourself. And she's like, I hate my laugh. He's like, it's, it's such a robot laugh. You're like, ha, 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 And she's like, stop. And she's like, ha, 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 ha. She's like laughing the same way. He's like, I can't stop. And he's like, I love your smell. And she's like, I hate how I smell. And he's like, can I smell your neck? And she's like, no. And he's like, you want me to do it anyways? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, he's like smelling her neck. And then they start like kissing. So again, they're like, you know, opposites, but whatever. And then she's like, I hate how your voice goes low when you want to be charming. And he's like, I hate how you mirror other people when you're, you're trying to impress them. But I love how you never do that with me. And they, they kind of continue, but you know, a couple more things, whatever. And then finally, she's like, why did you kill Max? And John's like, I didn't kill Max. Jane's like, you tried to shoot me and you shot him. You know, why did you try to kill me? He's like, I didn't. He's like, I hate that cat. I didn't try and kill you. I didn't kill Max. You tried to kill me, tried to kill me and my mom. And she's like, no, I didn't. He's like, I went to her house. Her place was, was touched. And she's like, no, that wasn't me. And John's like, 
then who was it? They hear the door open, and then Jane too is like, hello. And John's like, hello. So the other two Smiths are there. And so John too is like, you party animals. Jane too is like, you must have used every gun in the place. I was expecting to find two corpses. So Jane and John kind of laugh. And John's like, how'd you guys get in here? And Jane's like, the soup. Yeah. And John too is like, soup gave us the key. And Jane too is like, I know what you're thinking. Don't be dramatic. Put your hands in the air. And John too is like, yeah, actually, how about a, a sit down? It's nicer that way. So they're like at the, the dining room table, whatever. And John too is like, you guys want a drink? And Jane's like, no, we're on a truth serum. And John's like, I'll take one. He's like, oh, smart man. So Jane too is like, are you armed? They both say no. And she's like, are there any loaded weapons in the house? Jane's like, yeah, in the freezer there's one taped, one in the stairwell. John's like, one taped to the kitchen trash, one behind the couch. And Jane's like, I don't think there are any more because I think we used a rust. Jane too is like, this is bizarre. And John too is like, we finalize a lot of Smiths, but never on truth serum. And Jane's like, what does finalized mean? And Jane, too, is like, that's when you take out other Smiths, you, you know, finalize. And John's like, how often do you finalize? Jane, too, is like, that's all we do. John, too, is like, what else would extremely high risk be? Jane, too, is like, it's a bummer. We really liked you guys. You're fun. And, and then Jane's like, thanks. She's like, we liked you, too, right? And John's like, until we didn't. And John, too, is like, at the end. And then John's like, the guy in El Salvador, what? What? And Jane, too, is like, a smith. I mean, he was a smith. You know, everyone wants to try to make a break for it, and it, it's silly. John, too, is like, yeah, the more you submit to soup, the stronger your faith, the easier it all becomes. Jane's like, why do you talk to him like he's a god? And John, too, is like, because he is. How do you think I knew where to find you? John's like, that wasn't a coincidence. John, too, is like, farmer's market, juice tent, 11.52 a.m. He's never wrong. Jane, too, is like, he knows what you're going to do before you do it. He knew where you were going to be before you knew what you were doing. He knew all of us before we were Smiths. And I think, and, and that the, the things that he knows, what he tells us, they're incredible. John, too, is like, everything he says, it's like, you do what he tells you, and you're rewarded with the gift of the present. And Jane, too, is like, because the future isn't guaranteed. And John, too, is like, amen. Achoo! He sneezes. Jane and John look at each other. John gets up and runs. Jane grabs uh, his gun. You know, there's some shooting. But, uh, you know, he, she grabs his gun when he does a second sneeze. His gun goes off. John, too, cries out. You know, he's like, oh, I'm blind. He's like, my eye, WTF. So he got shot in the eye. Jane, too, yells at him. You know, she's like ducked behind a, the island with an assault rifle. She tells him to be quiet. She's like, I need to hear where they are. John calls to Jane, and then she runs out, shoots like blindly across, um, doesn't hit anyone. They both get in the elevator, go up. John points, and he's pointing the gun at the stairs. Jane goes for like another gun, maybe in the hallway light fixture. Um, then they go in the panic room. Jane looks to, on the screens. Jane, too, is like outside now. She's like pounding on the door. Then Jane calls John, and then she turns around. She sees he he's got shot in the side. So she goes to look at it. She doesn't say anything. Goes to like the, the, the medicine kit and grabs like bandage or gauze or something like that. And she says, it's, it's a slow it down. You know, they're not leaving yet. And John's like, how many bullets do you have? So she checks. And she's like, one. She's like, how many bullets, you know, how many do you have? He's like, I never had any. She's like, okay, let me think. And he's like, hey, don't open that door. No point in, in both of us dying. And she's like, stop, stop. 
we're not doing that. And she's like, what's your plan? He's like, you're asking me? And she's like, yeah, I'm asking you. He's like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be dark in a couple minutes. She'll either have to turn on the lights or she'll be sitting in the dark. Both of those are to our advantage, which is like, how? So Jane's like, all right, so we'll just wait. And then you can see the bleeding's getting worse because there's like a lot of blood. Down. He's wearing a, like a white shirt and there's like a lot of blood now you know, with his hand like over it. And he's like, is it bad? She like, shakes her head. He's like, liar. And then she's like, hey, John, John. He's like, I, I, I'm awake. She's like, I want to tell you something. He's like, we can have one kid, all right? And John's like, he opens his eyes, he's like, five. And Jane's like, two, and that's it. She's like, I'm not negotiating. And John's like, I, I want to live in the mountains. We, we have to find a place for my mom. Jane's like, mm-hmm. And they're both kind of like leaning each other, you know, as they're sitting. And John's like, what's your real name? And she's like, Alana. He's like, I like Jane. And she's like, I like John. She's like sniffles, sobs. Jane too's, you know, still trying to enter. She's trying to start to enter like codes. It's, it's like not working. Jane looks at the blood on John's side and she tells him, she's like, stay awake. So, you know, he's, cause he stopped trying to put pressure on it. So he's, his hand's not even on his side anymore. She's like, I'm gonna shoot her. He's like, here, stay awake. I'm, I'm gonna go for it, okay? Look at me, just breathe. Stay with me. I'll go out, count of three. You just stay there and breathe. I'll shoot her and we'll get out. She's like, sound like a good plan? He's like, you okay? And he's like, yeah. She's like, count of three, okay? I'm gonna, gonna do it. And we're, we're gonna get out of here. You know, count, count with three with me. One, two, three. And then you see like outside, you see push, 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 like three flashes. So um, that's the end. The fact that there's three, so Jane might have shot, but there's two more shots. So most likely Jane two shot both of them. Or she, I mean, she could have missed and Jane shot her once, but that's it, it's over. And then we see the neighbor is like, yeah, after like the mid, mid credit, whatever, he's like, hello, he, I brought you a book. And then he like kind of sees, sees and he's like, I'll just, uh, there's like just broken stuff everywhere, you know, bullet holes. And he's like, I'll leave it here. Okay, bye. Then outside on, on the sidewalk on his phone, he's like, Seth, I think they might be ready to sell. He kind of laughs. He's like, I'm going to sell the poop out of this Moby D. And it's over. So um, <laughs> is there season two? Are they dead? Or do they survive? And Because like what they could do is like, okay, they're, now they're on a run from this organization that they don't know anything about. Did they manage to take out the other, you know, Mr. Smith, Smith number two? Or are, are they just dead? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, if that's the end, okay, that, that makes sense. Because with the two, they've been, if they've taken out other Smiths, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely more skilled and everything. You know, this is what they do. So I don't know. But that was, was definitely not what I was expecting. And uh, I'm just really curious if we'll get a, a, another, another season or not. I don't know what I, I mean, I don't know if it's a good idea, but I, I would definitely watch it. So that was a, that was something. I mean, it, it got pretty intense and I was just like, whoa. So it's kind of sad in a way, but that's how it goes. Right, with uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch. So episode, season three, episode three, which was shown last week or the week before, the, the premiere week or whatever. Uh, Shadows of Tantus. Tantus? 
uh, it starts off. So we're back to Omega. She sits in her, her cell. She's got her stuffy. Emery does her usual, let's go, Omega. We have lots to do today. You know, she seems like that's what she always says. And it seems like there's more troopers. They, don't, they got like bigger, like bulkier armor. And Omega like asks about this. Emery's like, I'm not certain. And Omega's like, you don't know? Emery's like, the doctor will inform me if it's necessary. She takes a sample from Omega again. Hemlock comes in with Nalase and asks for, he's like, Dr. Carr, a word. And then Nalase just kind of eyes a sample that, that she, she took from Omega. Hemlock says to Emery, Dr. Carr, that an unexpected guest is arriving shortly. He and Nalase will be indisposed until he departs their guest. He's like, oversee the lab in her absence. So this means Nalase can't destroy the Omega sample. And Emery says that, you know, she'll begin testing the latest samples. Nalase is like, says that that is unnecessary, that she'll see to him when she returns. Hemlock says, he's like, Dr. Carr is quite capable of handling such matters. And Nalase, she can only stare at the samples as Emery leaves. You know, she's got the samples on a tray. This clone trooper comes in to give Hemlock an update. Nalase goes to Omega and tells her, listen carefully. If Emery, Emery tests her sample, then she'll be in danger. So she must flee this facility before it's too late. And she's like, is that why you've been destroying my samples? And she's like, yes. Go to the lab, retrieve my data pad, and use it to escape. Sneak aboard a shuttle and flee. So Omega heads over to the lab. A you know, trooper opens the door, lets her in. Emery's already there, you know, putting this, the samples in this big, like, centrifuge thing. So it just, you know, there's like a big dial and it just, you know, rotates and scans each one or whatever. Uh, she asks Omega, she's like, do you need something? And she's like, I was like, uh, uh, Hemlock said a guest was arriving. Who is it? And Emery's like, it's best not to ask questions. See to your tasks for the day. So Omega continues to stand there. And then uh, the next uh, samples, like kind of, you know, rotates and scan. Emery's like, are you feeling well? She's like, why don't you forget your assignments and get some rest? So Omega, she starts leaving. She sees, you know, data pads like in this little, little docket thing, like on a wall. So she like goes to, to grab it and Emery like says something. So she almost catches her and then she takes it. She makes it out. But the sample's still in the, the, the scanner thing. So it's, it's going to get scanned eventually. A shuttle arrived. Guess who it is? It's Emperor, the Emperor uh, Palpatine. He has some like crimson guards with him. Hemlock greets him. You know, there's a whole squadron of troopers there in the hangar waiting. And he's like, I have been most eager to see the progress you have made, Doctor. They walk. Hemlock says that they've quadrupled their objectives in record time. Um, the exotic matter facilities have expanded, providing um, alteration and testing of much larger assets. The Emperor says that, you know, he has need of such grand designs. However, that is not the reason why I'm here today. He's like, of course. Hemlock's like, of course, Project Necromancer. So they answer like the super secure labs with all like the laser, whatever security. Omega's like walking around the halls and, and uh, she's like in front of everyone, just like using Nalise's data pad. Uh, I think it's like, wouldn't they be like, hey, where'd you get that data pad from? She's just like using it. She sneaks around. She goes across here's cell and she whispers, across there. So I try to wake him. He like was like, what are you doing here? She's like escaping and you're coming with me. He just like, you know, turns his head to her, you know, glance at her, slowly sits up. He's like, you found a weak point? She's like, not exactly. I'm kind of improvising. He's like, is that some kind of joke? She's like, I'll explain later. Just get the guard's attention. And she like walks away from the door. He sighs. He's like, that's not a plan. And she like scoffs. She's like, just distract them. 
he sighs. So he goes up the door. He calls for a guard. Um, there's like two of them there. One walks up to him, and Crosshair's like, "Unlock the cell." And the trooper's like, "What is your sir?" He's like, "I was giving you an order." So then he, the the trooper scoffs. He's like, "This clone thinks he outranks us." Crosshair's like, "And I'll take your blaster too." He's like, "Oh yeah? How are you gonna do that?" Omega's like sneaking around, like behind the guards. She enters a, the data pad into this other slot, hits some buttons, and he's, Crosshair's like, "You'll see." His door opens. Crosshair, um, he's like, Rah! he grabs a blaster. The other trooper sees uh, Omega, but he decides to go to help the other trooper with, with Crosshair. He starts shooting stun blasts at Crosshair, but Crosshair uses the other trooper like as a shield, the, the trooper he's fighting. And then he shoots back, and so both guards are knocked out, or both troopers are knocked out. And Omega's like, nice work. He's like, I didn't have much choice. And she's like, well, you're out of the cell, aren't you? So Crosshair drags the troopers in his cell. He picks up the other blaster, tosses it to Omega. They're moving about. He asks her, like, what changed? Why now? And Omega says, Nalase said that they ha- she had to leave now. And, you know, she, she's like, I wasn't going to leave without you. And she's like, she told me to use her data pad to access the base and find a shuttle. They hear a couple troopers talking that since, you know, they're, he's like, oh, we're on watch early. And the other one's like, well, it's all hands on deck. All the emperor's here. So Crosshair's like, the emperor's here? And she's like, what? She's like, I don't know. He sighs. He's like, another reason why this was not the day to wing an escape. She's like, well, thanks for the reminder, but I think we're past that point. And she's like, your hand's getting worse, isn't it? Because his hand's like shaking. He just grunts. He's like, it's fine. Then Omega notices that all the shuttles have been grounded. You know, she's looking at a data pad or in the console. So they're all grounded except for the Emperor's. She's like, we'll have to steal it. And Cross is like, impossible. It will be too well guarded, even for me. She's like, wait. I know a shuttle we can use. It crash landed outside the perimeter back when I first came here. And Crosshair's like, how does a crash shuttle help us? She's like, well, if the comms are still functioning, we can contact Hunter and Wrecker. In that super lab, um, Hemlock brings the Emperor to what there's a big tube. And you, you can, he's like, as you can see, the specimens are well guarded to ensure they remain viable for testing. However, with more time and additional resources, I'm confident that we can have a successful M-count replication. Emperor's like, there's nothing of greater importance to secure the future of this empire. Whatever is needed to accomplish this goal, you'll have it. You will have it. He probably said, not you'll. You will have it. And Hemlock kind of smirks a little bit because that's what he wants. He wants more power, probably. In Nalase's lab, Omega's sample junk is getting closer, but it's still a ways away. I don't know why it's taking so long. It's taking super long to scan all these samples. Emery goes to Omega's cell, and she's surprised, maybe a little disappointed, that Omega's not there. Um, and like the animal section, Omega and, and Crosshair, they shoot the droid in charge. Omega says that they'll use the, the kennel shoot. It leads outside, but it's protected by a timed ray shield, so it'll have to move fast or it'll get trapped. Um, then they can, so they, they can use Batcher's uh, empty kennel. They open the door, but then Emery calls Omega's name and Crosshair raises his blaster, but Omega's like, don't. Em- Emery's like, you should go back to your room. And he's like, you mean her cell. Emery's like, you're not thinking clearly, neither of you, but it's not too late. Come with me and no one needs to know about this. Omega's like, I can't do that. I spent most of my life confined on Camino. I won't be trapped here too. You're a clone like us, Emery. Help us. Crosshair is like, you know, he hits a switch on his blaster. 
And she's, uh, Emery's like, escape is not possible, Omega. This is for your own good. Crosshair blasts her with a stun blast. So he must have switched it over. But then um, she had something in her hand, so I don't know if she hit hit uh, an alarm because it has this thing like rolls and falls out of her hand. So they exit through the kennel door. The Emperor is going back to his shuttle. It's imperative that this facility remain hidden and secure. There are many, even within our own ranks, who would consider much of your work an abomination. But they lack the vision that we possess. Your brilliance is a great asset to this empire. Hemlock's like, if I am appointed the scientific minister, I would strive to bring unleashed glory to all divisions of the Imperial Science Corps. All in due time. And he's like, yes, Emperor. He gets on a shuttle, and then the trooper goes up to Hemlock. Uh, he, he tells him that Omega and prisoner CT-9904 are missing, and, and an alarm was just triggered in the Lurka kennels. And Hemlock's like, seal it off. So as they're running through the tunnel, the ray shields start like going on like behind them. They're barely one step ahead, but they make it out. Crosshair asks, like, what direction is the crash shuttle? She's like, I'm not sure. He's like, oh, great. But then they see that the Emperor shuttle take off. So Crosshair says that they'll follow the flight path. Well, that makes sense because they're probably coming from the same direction. Hemlock arrives at the kennel. Emery's just like getting to her feet, you know, with some of the troopers like helping her up. He asks her what happened. Emery says that Omega had one of their data pads and used it to access a chute. A trooper says that they made it past the ray shields. Hemlock says to dispatch patrols and release the lurkers. So three get released. Emery tells Hemlock that the lurkers um, will not bring them back alive. And he's like, they are prisoners who escaped. The time for half measures is over. And she's like, perhaps I could. And then he's like, return to the lab, Dr. Carr. She reluctantly leaves. And then Tanala say, he's like, I'm curious how your assistant managed to escape this facility. One must assume she had help. It's like, why do you have to assume that? That's just stupid. Maybe, you know, maybe she got lucky. And Nala says, like, I have been right by your side. And then to his guards, he's like, secure her in a cell. He orders a recovery team to be sent out. So they start getting into shuttles and, like, take off. Using the data pad, because I thought she left it behind, but I guess not. But Omega, she can detect that something's ahead of them. But then there's, like, some lurkers, lurkas snarling. Uh, three of them are, are headed their way, so they start running. Then Omega... Trips and stumbles, of course. She drops a data pad. Crosshair picks it up, hands it back to her, helps her up. And then there's a Dryax appears, growling. So it's like, you know, big humanoid-shaped predator thing. Uh, it rises up, and then the lurkers attack it. Crosshair tells Omega to go. They run. They reach a shuttle. She um, powers. She start, starts trying to power up the shuttle. Emery's in the lab. Omega's sample It still hasn't reached the, the testing scanning area. At the shuttle, Omega groans that it's not working. Comms are completely dead. They hear a ship approaching. Omega apologizes Crosshair for thinking that this would work. He says, like, well, you got us this far. And he's like, we're not done yet. He's like, did they teach you Plan 72? And she's like, mm-hmm. Tech had me memorize all the plans. He's like, of course he did. So the other shuttle full of troops, uh, troopers, they're, like, hovering over. They start dropping down, like, on cables. Crosshair shoots and like misses his target because his, his hand, and he like curses himself, continues shooting. He starts running. Omega hides and then approaches a, a, one of the cables from the shuttle where they came down. And, and then uh, 
because they, they, they're like going after Crosshair because he's like luring them away. But one trooper stayed behind and like orders her to stand down. She's like, hello. He's like, I said, stand down. And then a lurker lunges at him, knocks him over, knocks him down. Trooper gets up to shoot it, but then Omega blasts him with a stun bolt. And it's, it's kind of a nice, nice detail because you can see that she's using stun bolts because they're like just blue waves. But Crosshair is using like red blasters. So he's like, I don't care if I kill you. I'm just, you know, get out of my way. But then Omega surprised to see that the Lurka is actually Batcha. Batcha! <laughs> she tells him to stay close and she goes up the, the cable. Crosshair is like using cover to like jump, you know, out and he's taking out troopers on, on you know, on his own. The, the ones that are like by themselves because they're spread out. Omega makes it to the cockpit. She's like, um, she stuns the, the pilot. The ship wavers a bit, but she takes control. She accesses the weapon, starts shooting at some troopers, causes them to take cover. Crosshair jumps on. Omega, you know, she ran to the door. She's shooting at the troopers. One calls back, you know, to, to the base. The, the prisoners hijack their shuttle. So now more troopers, they start getting the fighter crafts that are sent out. Crosshair kicks the pilot off of the shuttle, you know, just throws him out. Omega whistles for Batcha. Uh, he, they run on board and she gets on and other, um, the other fighters in the shuttles, they've arrived there back at the lab, Omega sample reaches the top. Emery's there and turns just as it gets scanned. But then in the control room, Hemlock says that he wants that ship neutralized. Emery bursts in. She's like, she, you know, says, she's like, don't shoot them down. He's like, what? She's like, the clone sample supported a, M, a positive M count transfer with no degradation from the specimen. Hemlock's like, CT9904 was ruled out long ago. And she's like, not him, it's Omega. So he grabs you know, the data pad from her. Then he orders a soldier to, to call them off. They're like, but sir. He's like, we need her alive. The shuttle chasing them into orbits. It, it stops shooting. There's, I think there's like three or four of them. They stop, they like back off. Crosshair orders a jump to hyperspace. Hemlock, you know, he's like, it's a minor setback. He's like, I have the full resources of the Empire at my disposal. We will find her. He walks out. And then Emery just, like, stands there like a robot. It's like, so it's like, does she regret doing what she did? Or, you know, does she feel bad at all? It's, I, I really can't get, get like, a, a feel for, like, what's, what's up with her. And I'm trying to remember, like, when was she first introduced? Because I don't really remember that. I think I just wasn't really paying that much attention to her. But that was episode three. Episode four, season three, episode four, a different approach. So there, it picks up right away. They're flying through hyperspace. The ship is kind of, like, all banged up, and so there's just, like, sparks and stuff. The lights flickering. Omega says that the comms are down. She can't contact Hunter. Crosshair says that, you know, that's not the priority, the, you know, because the ship sustained heavy damage. And then, uh, you know, he, he goes up to the top part, tells her to get the stabilizers online. She's like, that's what she's been trying to do. They exit hyperspace. There's a planet ahead. Crosshair's like, you know, they're going to have to land. Omega says, well, it's a little hard when nothing's working. They head down towards the planet. Whoosh! They crash, crash land. Screens are all, like, shorting out. Omega says it'll take forever to repair. But Crosshair's like, there's no time for that. And But Omega's like, we need to get the nav reader online to extract the coordinates to Tantus for when we go back. And he's like, we are not going back. She's like, but we left the other prisoners behind. Crosshair's like, the Empire is going to be searching for this ship and us. We have to move. He's like, I scanned a spaceport a few clicks from here. 
So she wants to go and save everyone. It's like, that's all nice and everything, but you can't. Come on. Hemlock goes in Alice's cell, says that Omega managed to escape the facility and leave the planet, along with CT-9904. And Alice's like, that is most surprising. He's like, I never understood your attachment to the young clone, but now it's clear why you kept her so close. Suspicious that all the samples you've taken from Omega never yielded results, yet one tested by Emery indicated a positive M-count transfer. And she's like, false positives are to be expected. The result is nothing but an aberration like the clone herself. Hemlock's like, we shall see. Once Omega is brought back, the test's validity will be confirmed. Your future, however, is less certain. In a village on a planet, Crosshair, Omega, and Batcha, they move about. There's like some troopers here too, so they have to like duck from time to time. And Omega's like, the Empire couldn't have followed us here that quickly. He's like, they didn't. That's a standard patrol presence. She's like, okay, so let's find a way to send a message to Hunter and Wrecker. And he's like, can't. They monitor long-range comms. It'll give us away. We'll have to figure out something else. And she's like, wait, we can't walk around like this. We'll draw too much attention. He's like, you're the one who wanted to bring the hound. So Omega finds some clothes, like, hanging to dry or whatever. They change. They even have, like, helmets or hats on and stuff like that. You know, Crosshair's face is, like, almost all covered except for his eyes. Uh, so Crosshair wants to get to the spaceport, and then they can sneak onto a shuttle. They get to the outskirts of it, and Omega says it's too well guarded. They'll never slip past all the troopers undetected. Crosshair says that, you know, he could take out at least half before they know what's happening. And she's like, or, or we could try a way that doesn't involve blaster fire. He's like, like what? She's like, watch and learn. He like sighs. I can't, can hardly wait. She walks up to like this ticket seller or something like that. She said, she'd like two tickets and the next shuttle, please. The alien like chain codes. And she's like, uh, about that, we lost our chain codes. No chain codes, no passage. Right. But you see, a problem for us could be an opportunity for you if, uh, say, you knew of an alternate way of booking passage without a chain code. And she kind of makes a little like money gesture. Are you insinuating that I should take a bribe? Uh, if that's what you want to call it, I do. That could be arranged for 15,000 credits. For two tickets per ticket. And that's non-negotiable. You're lucky I don't charge extra for the creature. And she's like, where do you think I could get 30,000 credits? Sounds like a you problem. Don't come back without the credits. So they walk away across her sarcastically says, well, that went well. She's like, stow it. Later, he says, you know, storming the spaceport would be easier than getting 30,000 credits. She says that she doesn't want to hurt anyone. And he, you know, he's like, don't be naive. Every second we're here, we're at risk. Then quit wasting time complaining. Some troopers exit this building and, you know, the two kind of like look down. Then Omega's like, I think I know how we can make some quick credits. Of course you do. So then they're like in the canteen or something like that. He questions her, like wanting to hustle someone. And she, she wants to bet. And he says that you know, she has nothing to bet with. And she's like, they don't need to know that. And he's like, what if you lose? Well, then we're in a bit more trouble. So she's playing cards with a dude. Um, she's winning. Then she, she suggests one more game. You know, she's like, oh, my luck has to run out sometime. Then this dude comes in with a couple of troopers. Crosshair like, clears his throat to get her attention. He walks up to the bar. Your usual, Captain. So the captain says, he's like, oh, business looks good. The, the droid bartender's like, a newcomer has pulled in quite the crowd. 
He's like, oh, then business should be good for me today. Affirmative. So then he hears a card dude's like, okay, okay, one more game. And Omega's like, I think I'll quit while I'm ahead. So the captain walks up the table, leaving so soon. And he looks at like the, the card ailing. He's like, you're in my seat. So Crosshair kind of gets tense. Omega kind of signals him, like, you know, stand down. So captain's like, so you think you're good at this game? Want to try against a uh, real opponent? So then we see some troopers fly by the crash shuttle. Um, he says his co-pilot looks like one of ours. So they're going to go check it out. Back the cantina, Batcher growls. The captain's like, your, met, your mutt doesn't seem to like me. She's a distraction. Get rid of it. So Crosshair stands and motions for Batcher to follow. The captain says that he hasn't seen her or her father around. And she's like, oh, we're just passing through. So the captain's like, you're not bad, but you seem to have underestimated your enemy. She looks at her cards. She's like, did I? She fans out her cards. A trooper walks up and, and the, the captain puts, you know, up his hand. He's like, I concede. You beat me fair and square. And then he like mutters. He's like, nicely played. And she's like, thanks. Scoops up the coin. And the trooper comes up to the captain. Sir, patrol found a crash imperial vessel on the outskirts of town. And he's like, I wasn't notified of any shuttles arriving today. Then he turns and stops them. He's like, now, wait a minute. We're not done here. He kind of chuckles. He's like, you haven't paid your fine. Omega's like, what fine? He's like, gambling's illegal in these parts. Crosshair Angler is like, what? Omega like holds him back. He's like, the law's the law. Now, all you got to do is pay the fine, and I'll be on my way. Omega's like, how much? 10,000 credits, unless you prefer the, to be arrested instead. So Omega reluctantly pays. Excellent. Consider your fine paid in full. Try and stay out of trouble. So they leave. Omega like wants to get out of there. Crosshair is like, how much credit do we have left? So she looks. 35,000. Enough for two tickets on the shuttle and a little extra. Outside, Omega's like, Crosshair, where's Batcher? This kid comes up. He's like, oi, you looking for that hound? Omega asks if he knows like which way she went. Sure thing, but the answer is going to cost you 10,000 credits. Crosshair sighs. I'm getting tired of this. And he's like, okay, okay, five. And that's my final offer. So Omega stops Crosshair and she pays. The Imperial officer and his troopers snatched the creature and headed for the cargo docks. Omega starts walking towards the docks. And Crosshair's like, Omega? She's like, you heard him in batches this way. And the spaceport's this way. Forget the hound. We need to get off this planet. He's like, we never would have escaped without Batcher. I'm not leaving her. You're making a mistake. I'm not abandoning her. She like tosses a case at him. Take the credits if you want to go. Then go. I'll find my own way. She leaves. He like turns, takes a half step, stops, looks back at her. So there's a lot of troopers on the dock. Omega is like, she looked at this fence. She's like thinking about climbing it. Crosshair puts on the case. Fine. We'll do this your way. But my skills are being wasted. Omega smiles. Noted. He like boosts her over. Then hands her the case, like, through, the, through, through the, the gate, whatever. He climbs over. And they're sneaking about lots of, like, critters in cages. Omega spots Batcher. And she's like, shouldn't we free the other animals, too? He's like, don't push it. They sneak about. Then the captain calls out, I thought you'd come searching for your mutt. Unfortunately for you, Lao has a very strict pet policy. So that Earth were surrounded by troopers and aliens now with blasters and like stun batons. No license means a hefty find. How much this time? How about you give me all the, my money back? 
and she's like scoffs. Credits won't do you any good when Hemlock shows up. Did you think I wouldn't piece it together when I found a crashed shuttle? Nothing gets by me, which is like a bunch of bull. I run this town. So hand over to credits and surrender. She like sighs. All right. She tosses the case by the captain's feet. And she's like, let's try things your way. Crosshair's like, finally. So Crosshair shoots, shootout begins. Omega opens other cages. Animals run. They're knocking over troops, just like a stampede. Crosshair tells Omega to take Batcher and power up the, the nearby ship. So when she starts it, the captain calls on the comms. They're stealing a cargo ship. They, they, he tries shooting, but um, a, a pin holding a grenade door behind him like falls out. The cage opens and his big tentacle reaches out and grabs him. He tries like grabbing the doors, but then ends up like shutting the doors behind him. He screams. So that's the end of the captain. So, so sad. Crosshair runs onto the, the, the big ship. I hope your takeoff is better than your landing. They jump to light speed. Hemlock is at the crash shuttle. A trooper tells him they have confirmation. The girl and CT-9904 were at the spaceport. Where? And they're like, they uh, escaped aboard a cargo freighter. Track the ship and alert all our operatives. I want her found. In hyperspace, Crosshair's like, the Empire will be able to track this vessel. We need to ditch it. Omega's like, we will. I'm heading to a remote location, and I sent a coded transmission for Hunter and Wrecker to meet us there. Batcher whines. Crosshair's like, Omega, it's, it's been months. You don't know if they're still alive. They'll be there. They land in this like super desolate planet. Omega gets out. There's another ship there. Then Wrecker comes out. Now there's a sight. Wrecker. I wasn't sure if the transmission was real. She runs up to him, lifts her up. He gives her like this big hug and everything. We crossed the galaxy four times looking for you. Hunter comes out five, but you're the one who found us. Then she looks at Hunter, runs to Hunter's arms. We missed you, kid. We never stopped searching. But how did you escape? I had help. Then Hunter looks. He sees Crosshair come out of the shuttle. And Hunter and Rucker just like glare at him. And that's the end. So uh, things are getting a little little tense there. So it's going to be interesting. Like, what are they going to say to each other now? So that was uh, the end of the fourth episode. So this week we got the fifth. I think just the fifth. Because then the following week on the 13th, they're for some reason dropping two episodes, of course. So, Okay, now the movie feature, Dune Part 2. So I'm, I'm a little conflicted with this. Uh, I'm re- not really sure... Not really sure what to think, you know. So I, I, I can absolutely, hundred percent appreciate these movies, and you know, I, I, I don't know if I mentioned it. Maybe it was on a secret podcast. I rewatched the first Dune. I've so I've listened to the audiobook. I think I think I've listened to the first two audiobooks. I don't think I've listened to the third one. You know, and and then. When I listened to audiobook, then I like you know this. I think it was before it was before I saw the first Dune movie, so I just happened to you know listen to the, to the book, and then uh, watched the movie, and then I watched the nineteen I think it's nineteen eighty four the, the kind of bad uh, other Dune movie. So it's like I know I'm so familiar with the story, and I know like what's happening after, 
And, you know, the movie does a really good job with it. So, you know, knowing all that, watching the first movie for the first time, and, it, and it's, it's a bummer because then it ends. It's like, oh, man, cliffhanger, but you know things, you know, there's more to it. And so it's like, okay, yeah, we got something to look forward to. Cool and all that. But, you know, watching the first movie again, and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, the, again, the movie is super well done. Great cast. The, the scenery, the CG, whatever, all this stuff, and cinematography. Everything is super slick. I just, I just find the, the story kind of a little boring. You know, it, there's, there's a lot of political. Not even, not even a lot of political stuff, but you know, there's, there's all the stuff about the ranks and, and this and that, and the betrayal and espionage or whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, we, we have basically, you know, the spice trades and, and you know, manipulating the planet or and stuff like that, and just how you know the spice is used by the rich and, and all this. Eh, it's like I don't really care so much. <laughs> So this movie, and oh, then there's the fact that these movies are so long, and and they feel longer than they actually are. Because you know we've seen long movies, we've seen movies that are like close to three hours. The first movie is like two and a half hours. This movie is like two hours. I think it's like forty six minutes. It's like two hours and forty five minutes. It's if so, you put those together for this is one book, and it's like over five hours for just one book. So it's like holy cow. And throughout the, the both movies, it, it doesn't feel like it's over like like filler, like just whatever. There's just there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, but there's kind of not a lot going on, it, which is just so bizarre. I, I, I can't I can't describe it because with this movie, you know, there's a lot of, about Paul, you know, Timothy Chalamet, you know, adapting, you know, be changing, you know, it's just the whole survival thing and, you know, living out, out in, a, in a desert and everything so it's a it's it's just weird as he's you know going with his his new way of life and um you know one guy is still guard thinking that you know he's you know the prophecy to messiah and everything like that and then him learning their way and learning the language and you know so there's a there's a lot of neat like neat elements and you know like when he uses the, the voice and all that and then the stuff with his mom or you know her position and and stuff like that but then it's it's all still about getting kind of justice for his father and and then things like escalate even further and it just it kind of goes from there I, I just I really don't know what what more to say about this. I mean, it's it's a fine movie, and and I, again the other thing, hundred percent honest here, when I watched it, I, I was I was kind of tired. You know, it's a long movie. I worked all day, worked all week. I definitely definitely did not sleep enough the night before, and I even told myself I was like I need I need to try to force myself to get to sleep earlier. Of course, it didn't happen. I just I have this this hard time going to sleep i just kind of like stall and it's like i don't want to go to sleep or I, I can't fall asleep and then you know when at times i i wake up no problem and then and i'm fine on just you know the, the few hours that i get but it's like i definitely would benefit from more i should be getting more sleep but it's just it's stupid annoying you know whatever I'm sure that didn't help where, you know, there's like, there's a couple times that I was kind of struggling to stay awake and it's nothing against the movie. It's just that I'm just tired and, you know, being, I'm literally on my feet all day teaching, 
and, and then you know just just stuff, you know dealing with the, I got great kids the classes are you know I I, 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 you know, good at my job and I can do that. But, you know, there's still classroom management, you know, just, you know, the, the, the fight of kids talking and paying attention and, and all that. But, you know, so it, it's, it's not just like I'm sitting back doing nothing. You know, teaching is, is not necessarily the easiest thing. And then going into the movie and then I always make sure I don't recline too far. But it's just... I don't know. But what I will say, you know, I, I mentioned how cool the movies look. And, you know, we, you see that part in the trailer, you know, seen it so many times, like the writing on the worms and just the whole desert stuff. But I, I really like some of the fight scenes. And, and one of the things, I think this might be another reason why I, I like it and don't didn't like it is even though this is like a kind of like a sci-fi movie, you got ships and you got the, the cool like battle armor, holographic armor stuff and whatever. The majority of their weapons, you know, they they have guns on the ships and there's you know, stuff like that. But they a lot of times they just use swords and and stuff like that. That kind of makes it feel like old timey in a way. And you know, you should know by now. I don't like love the old timey stuff. So there's this old timey feel, even though it's like futuristic sci-fi at the same time, which is just kind of weird. But you know, there were some some cool fights and and you know, you, you when they're fighting through the crowds and just like ducking and, and like Zendaya has like some cool moves and, and stuff like that and just like ducking and slashing and moving and kicking and flipping and so there you know there's definitely cool moments like that and then. I think the other part is the way it ends and the way the book kind of ends because, you know, it, it definitely leads into like the second book. And I, I'm trying to remember, I don't remember 100% how the book ends. I feel like it's it's pretty much the way this movie ends. And then the second book picks up from here. So that's the other thing. It's like we, we get this basically five hour plus storytelling of the first book. And then it's like, it's not even over yet. There, there's more, it, it kind of leaves on a cliffhanger, but not, you know, the, the main story and stuff is, is like finished, but it's like, there's, there's, it's not over yet. So I don't know if there's been any confirmation over like, uh, you know, doing the, the next book because the, the, the budget for, for this movie is, uh, supposedly 190 million. Which is kind of crazy because isn't that less than what Joker Two is? I forget what it, what I said the, the budget was last week, and uh, so it looks like it maybe has made twelve million so far. That's not very good. Let me try to scroll, see some more information. It's the advanced ticket sales surpassed that of Oppenheimer. Oh, it's projected to make sixty-five to eighty million from. 4,050 theaters opening weekend. It's also expected to gross 85 to 90 million from 71 international for a worldwide debut of around 170 million. It made 12 million from, okay, the 12 million is from preview nights and IMAX screenings 4.5 million. Um, the critical, let's see, it looks like it's at a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe. Um, let me see about that. Yeah, so uh, critic score is a ninety-four percent, audience score is ninety-five percent. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the outskirts. Like I'm, I'm an, I'm an anomaly where I, I can't say that I loved it. I again, it's totally well done, super, you know, cool. I'm just, I just find it a little, little boring. 
<laughs> and, and that's a weird thing. My brother-in-law, uh, if, you, if you've been listening since the comic bind days, you know, if you know Red Lamp, Ethan, he totally, he loves the books. He absolutely loves, he's read those books. He loves his books. He loved the first movie. He's so excited to see this one. I, I haven't heard from, if he's, I haven't talked to him, if you saw it yet um, this weekend. But I'm just, I don't know, maybe it's just me. And I, I, I honestly think it's because I was probably just too tired when I when I watched it that it was just hard for me to really focus and appreciate it as much, and you know, I, and I want to be I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm not going to say oh 96 and 96 percent. I should say I love it because you you know I absolutely don't don't do that. So it's just it's weird because I'm in I'm into this. This is like should be totally my jam, but I just I just couldn't get it. And you know, even rewatching the first part, I'm just like. Yeah, you know, maybe I like it a little better than I did when I first saw it in the theaters, but still, it's just like, mm, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know. It, it I, I just don't, maybe, maybe like all the sand, you know, it's a little desolate and it's like a little cold, even though you would think sand would be hot, whatever. But I just feel like it's just kind of missing a little something. I, I don't know. And again, I, I feel like the story is pretty straightforward, which, you know, not, not to, I'm not trying to knock it or belittle it or, but I don't know. So that's my thoughts uh, on, on, on Dune 2. I mean, like I said, they, they did a good job. Wait, here, here's the thing. Uh, villain, villain of You has expressed interest in making a third um, film based on Dune Messiah, the second novel in the series, adding that the possibility for the film depends on the success of Dune Part 2. Let's see. So, oh, there's a television spinoff series, Dune Prophecy. Um, 20, August 2023, Villeneuve declared his intentions for a third film would serve as a conclusion of a trilogy. Yeah, but I just, I'm, I'm curious, like, how long it takes to make these movies and, and everything like that. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I absolutely would, would hope that there there's more. But, yeah, I just, I just feel weird about, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something and maybe I'm just missing sleep. So you let me know what you thought of that. Uh, like I said, great performance, great, great production. You know, it's 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 a really good movie, but something is just off with me. Or I'm just off. So on that note, you know, maybe I should go, go take get some sleep. Um, that's going to be the podcast for this week. So I apologize if, especially if you're a big uh, fan of the the franchise, the books, or the movie. Um, I'm I'm just being honest with that. But thank you for listening. So big thanks to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gmanfromheck. Any amount you can commit to will be super duper awesome. If you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. Um, last week I talked about uh, off my mind. I did a gang war, Spider-Man gang war, which is a recap of what's going on, what what we should get after that. I have recently talked about Percy Jackson, Lightning Thief, the, the movie from 2013. I've been also doing a Marvel's What If from 1976. So I'm probably going to do that this week. I don't know if I'm going to do that. Uh, I think it's the fourth issue about the world, the invaders. We'll see if I skip that issue or not. Um, but if you can't commit to a monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash heck, and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or three. That's ko-fi.com slash heck.
Uh, what's going to happen next week? So next week we have no more Mr. And Mrs. Smith. We have you know another Bad Batch. Um, maybe I, I, I'm trying to remember if anything new is starting. So, I mean, if there's nothing else, oh man, I don't know. I mean, maybe I do go back to Avatar and uh, try to watch an episode or two just to see if it's gotten any better. Because uh, we have, I mean, there's stuff coming. I think the following week, Invincible's back. So, I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll figure something out. But uh, at the same time, you know, I, I also, I shouldn't force it, right? You know, you don't, you don't want me talking about something that's of no interest. I mean, I, you think you can dance or or is that... What is is that? Do you think you can dance? Is that the show? There's some some dance something I think is is starting. Anyways, that's gonna be it for this week. I'm just loopy now. Thank you for listening. Uh, I I, <laughs> I hope you're doing well. I hope you're taking care of yourself. I hope if you go see Dune that you love it. You had a great time, and that I'm just crazy. Uh, so I hope you're taking care of yourself. <laughs> and I hope you remember be good to each other. <laughs> Because that's what's up, chicken butt.